Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here. It is episode number 208, and it is Monday, January the 18th, 2021. We're here to romp you through the world of wrestling during this totally normal time in the world. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by the totally normal Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Well, we're halfway through January. Amazingly. <laughs> Getting yeah. closer to spring, thankfully. Yep. That's all I'm counting down to, folks. Spring. You're spring. talking about spring already? Yeah, I'm ready. Two more <laughs> months. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. You guys can spring over to Twitter at OVP Podcast if you want to follow us for great wrestling clips. Drama-free wrestling clips over on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place for people to spring on over to... To talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash Spring Forward. Spring Forward. It's a good site. I like it. it. That, that's what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that Facebook's adopting that now. Yes, they are. Well, anyway, over at that uh, place, yeah. uh, there's a search bar. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, is it hard to do? Or? No, nah, it's it, it's pretty good. You, like it's not, the, it's not the most complicated thing in the world. What do you do? So you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gork, kaflui. It'll allow you to avoid any of the other Facebook junk. Oh, you just that, type that, it right in. That it's just like a- bypasses, so you can just stay in this group. Hit the join and you're, and you're in safe harbors or whatever. Right. Now, I have heard that if you're going to join this group, you agree to one rule, and one rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that yeah. basically means don't be mean to each other. You want to talk about retro wrestling, have at it, right? You want to disagree about retro wrestling, right? have at it. That's what we do. That's actually what we do. We, we agree, we discuss, we debate, we have fun over there. Just don't, no personal attack, nothing like that. No we don't need that. Attack. I don't, we don't mind like other fun topics that crisscross with the wrestling sure. fandom either. Like retro well. snack food. Yeah. <laughs> I like, we like old games or old something. Old games, you know what right. I mean? Whatever. Old television shows. Old TV shows. All fine. All, all my c- children. All my, <laughs> all my loving. All my Beatles. children is always welcome. So are the Beatles. Course. Yeah, uh, but really, just have fun over there on our Facebook group. You really will like it. It's actually a good use of Facebook these days. Just go right. over there, talk to me and Quinn and a bunch of other people. You'll it have exists fun. Exists in its like Facebook side universe. Yeah, they're just hosting it so that we can like we not can have, have fun to pay there. for that. Exactly. You know? Uh, you can also, if you like OVP and you want to support us, you can do that. You can do that at Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have pay per view reviews, and that's something that a lot of people are interested in. They're five bucks a month for all of them. And out right now is Royal Rumble 92. Next month, Quinn, the biggie, WrestleMania 8, end of the yeah. Hogan era, round one. The big end. Yeah, <laughs> round one. Yeah, for a year. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. He'll be back. He'll be back. And then he'll be back again. Yeah, even later. Because we'll probably get that far, too, in one these day. pay-per-view reviews. <laughs> one day we will. Uh, but if you want to be a part of the fun and you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But, Michael. Yes. As the season winds down, we are uh, continuing on with a great topic for the opening segment that was uh, suggested by our friend of the show, Dan Lopez. Yes. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. This is one where we talk about some things that have happened in wrestling that maybe we thought would be good and then they 
turned out not to be good. Or maybe it's kind of like, all right, this was never going to work. Right. And it's a little segment we call What Went Wrong? Okay, is that Borat? I'm not telling you what. The, no, it's not Borat. <laughs> Who is it? Don't worry about it. We're uh, getting near the end of the season. I got to figure it out by then. There's people that know, and they'll tell you, Quinn. Don't worry. They're not going to tell me. They'll because tell you. They know they'll want to pr- keep the joke going. Maybe on the season finale, we'll do a big reveal for you. Okay. okay. Maybe. Maybe. Does he come out? Is He'll he be in studio up, guest. Up, up the stairs here. <laughs> yeah. Hi! Don't tell me why that's so wrong, or whoever he is, whatever. So this one, Quinn, was suggested by Jay Pagliaro. What a pal. <laughs> yes. And uh, Jay wanted to know, Quinn. Yes. And this is, we never talk about this, by the way. Uh-huh. What went wrong with Dan Severn's WWF run? Oh, the beast? Yeah, the Champion beast. of one million organizations <laughs> yes. or whatever he is. Now, I don't know. Like, he, he's, he was just... To me, it's just like a misuse situation. Yes, that's like, all. It, it, this is not a... Um, not a lack of... He stinks right. situation. Not a lack of talent. Right. Well, maybe a lack of talking. Right. But you can get around not being a good talker. You know how you do that? You don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> right? You, you just don't talk. He yeah. should... He looked like a guy that shouldn't have talked. It's a test of the mental and the physical and the spiritual fortitude. Now, Dan Severn, obviously, is more, much more well-known as being an early UFC fighter and a dominant one at that in the mixed martial arts realm. So you say mixed martial arts mixed realm. Mixed martial arts. We have to remember that this, and I was talking to you about this off-screen. Yeah, off-screen, because we're on screen right now. About Dan Severn, right? Yeah. Off-mic, off whatever. Off-podcast screen. Off-podcast. One of the bigger problems with Dan Severn is that he... Like, existed in a time before UFC was, like, a big deal. Right. Like, people didn't need, like, really, other than, like, ABC says it's banned from TV or something. Correct. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, or whatever. New York won't allow it at the Garden. Or, right. No, no, no. Right. Dan Severin is regarded as the champion of a sport so brutal, so violent, he ran out of human sparring partners a long time ago. It's difficult to find a 200-plus pound workout partner that wants to be thrown around, uh choked uh, arm yeah that was like really what ufc was known for and also it was kind of like it just like a bullshit carny t- type thing where it's like we're gonna have karate versus boxing and kung fu versus capoeira and like it's all like this- fatal fury the video game or basically, something yeah it's, it's basically like the king of fighters or something essentially like it, it, it's really it's like somebody was like remember those video games like street fighter and stuff right and remember blood sport let's combine all that together but it, it's real right and he made his big debut uh in 1994 at ultimate fighting championship four that was his first fight there he never fought anywhere else like what was he doing before that well he had been an amateur wrestler and then he joined ufc as a wrestler essentially so that was his style else, huh that's that's pretty much that's sort of crazy and makes him actually um his reputation is kind of crazier because if you think about it he's like i'll do this ufc and And he he was pretty good out of everyone he lost in the the finals of ufc4 to royce gracie which was no real shame in that back then but anyway now he's the guy that was like mr ufc i know brazilian jiu-jitsu which eventually became like the style and then they just called it mixed martial arts like later correct tory wilson married him or something i don't know eve torres eve torres whatever tory wilson. i got the wrong tour it's yeah like, a different tour yeah separate tour excuse me tour now we do talk about wrestling eventually on yeah. the show don't worry well don't when worry. dan severin comes up we kind of start to with this go into the other realm here but his most famous foe member foes yeah, in, foe. U- in ufc would be ken shamrock here we go ufc six super fight daniel severin ken shamrock 
two masters of their discipline. But let's shift over to his professional wrestling career because before and then while doing UFC, he was right. also venturing into pro wrestling. And the first time was in 92. There used to be this thing called the UWFI. It has nothing to do with Herb Abrams. Don't worry. UFE. <laughs> yeah, UWFE. Bios or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was the Universal Wrestling Federation International. Yes. Where it was supposed to really look real, but it wasn't. It was, most, it was supposed to be shoot fighting, but it wasn't. Yeah, no shit. So he did that, and he also wrestled for All-American Pro Wrestling. Who? I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, in 1995, he joined what was left of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, them. Which had really fallen apart since Shane Douglas had thrown the belt around so and this Ric is Flair. So this is not 1992. This is post that. This is 95 now. Oh, boy. So, yeah, the NWA title during this period of time was a piece of shit. Nobody cared. Like Yeah. I, and if I recall... When Dan Severing went in there and he and he wanted or whatever he did, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know how that occurred. Was there a tournament or something? No, you know who he defeated for it? Probably nobody. You like, want, it's someone we know. I'm not but saying I mean, it's, it's somebody like... who didn't matter. In, like <laughs> Nikolai Volkov or something. <laughs> a little better than that. Yeah. So. When it was Chris Candido. Okay. Because he was on his way to WWF at the time. It was February right. 95. So Chris so, was coming in. World heavyweight champion Skip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he beat him. What a, amazing. Now, I want to make mention here. Dan Severn held that belt, right. the NWA World Heavyweight title, from February of 1995 until yes. March of 1999. Yes. Now, this is, this, this is something that always was very notable to me because I remember always seeing it in the magazines during yes. this, this long-ass period of time. I think it was like maybe after two years of seeing it in The Wrestler and all those. <laughs> yeah, The Wrestler. Like, Who the fuck is this guy? Like, right. does he like even wrestle? Like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? He's like been the NWA champion. I know what that is, even though I probably hadn't seen an NWA title match right, at that right. point because you know I started watching wrestling in 1995 and the NWA was belt wasn't then. really around. No. So, but I had heard this NWA belt Ric Flair had it, and all yeah, these people right. had it, right? And I was like, but how has this guy been the champion for like this long? Like, it, where do I find this on TV? <laughs> like, I think that was always the other thing. It's like this Dan Severin guy. I saw him on WF. Right. Like a couple times. Right. But where is like, how do I watch his title matches? Like, where do I see it? You have to go there in person in your local armory in New Jersey. Cause that's pretty much what the NWA was reduced to by that point. Oh boy. Just New Jersey. Eh, Tri-state area. South Jersey. Probably, probably more yeah. like South Jersey. Yeah. Probably Atlantic City also. But anywho. Uh, over the WWF, that foe, Ken Shamrock. Remember yeah. the foe? foe? He was a foe. Right. He was already there. We know that. He came in in the spring. He was the referee for the Bret Hart Austin match. He mm -hmm. also didn't like bullies. He didn't like them. He do don't be a bully. Vader. Yeah. He's a bully. Get him out of here. And Dan Severn shows up whilst still the NWA champion and while also like having UFC credentials by that point. Right. Shows up, does commentary this one episode in like June of 97, and they're like, oh, look, we have him. And then they just, nothing happens, right? And since, yeah, since that was his first WF appearance, a lot of people were like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you know a what I mean? A lot of like, them, yeah. Unless you watched UFC. Nobody mm -hmm. knew about that, yeah. Because the NWA was, like we said, unless you kept up, unless you were either a hardcore wrestling fan that kept up with everything. Or lived in South Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> or a hardcore UFC fan. Right. The mainstream might not know Dan Severn. Uh, even on the level of a Ken Shamrock, right. who had come in in 97. So anyway, he actually joins the WWF officially in early 98, and this is where the run... Okay, look, this isn't Dan Severn's fault. Right. They bring him in in the midst of Jim Cornette's NWA <sighs> invasion, which is not Jim Cornette's fault. Right. It wasn't Jim Cornette that necessarily lobbied for this. Vince Russo says, he's like, Cornette wanted to do something with the NWA guys, so I did this, knew when it would fail. 
I really wanted to make Jim happy. And I knew if we did an NWA, NWA angle with Jared and um, uh, Wyndham and rock and roll, I knew Jim would be in all his glory. I knew that would make him happy. However, I had an ulterior motive, and I'm going to be completely honest. I knew it wasn't going to work. Is this one of those situations where, like, basically, Cornette probably once said, like, wouldn't it be great, Vance, if we had the fucking NWA in here? And then Russo's like, fucking Barry Wyndham, we got him. And then Russo's just like, oh, I'm going to screw him over, basically, like that kind of situation. Now, whatever the gory details are between Russo and Cornette, you know, two very big foes. Oh, those are foes. You know who had to okay this whole thing to begin with? Uh, Vincent uh, K. McMahon. <laughs> Correct. He's, he's Vincent per- O.K. McMahon. Yeah, he, he. well, he does give the okay, or the K if it's just the modern internet. Right. So, <laughs> Vincent B.R.B. McMahon. Yeah. So anyway, one way or another, whosever idea it was, why, whether it was a spite project, Vince said okay with it. Dan Severn comes in, generally in a suit, with Jim Cornette. Now, Jim Cornette's already got his tremendous mm-hmm. stable of... Fat Barry Windham. Yes. Who was <laughs> really reputable in 1998. It's like whenever. sad, but also. Well, he was literally like dressed like a blackjack still. <laughs> remember, and, and remember, like, I remember there's like this appearance where he comes in and JR's like, All right, you know him, blackjack, but uh, you, know, you, know, he, you know, he used to be in shape and was a wrestler <laughs> like, and, and was the NWA champion. They called him just Barry Windham back, not Blackjack Windham. That's all real. <laughs> And then Jeff Jarrett with, like, the Aztec Warriors And everyone's suit. like, really? <laughs> Jeff? Anytime Jeff Jarrett comes in, people... I think the universal, like, guttural reaction is, really? 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 And then, he's just not... He's a heat vacuum back yeah. then. Wherever. And then the Rock and Roll Express, who weren't... They were, like, 38, but they it's look amazing. 60. They, how do those guys pull it off? I think it's, like, a feat. Right. right. It's like it's like they're not even old. They're not. And they look like they're 70. Like I don't understand how they freaking do it. Like it's amazing. It, it, it's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. And then Dan Severn and he had a million belts. Now these belts though, this is what is I got to give them credit. He had his UFC titles with him and his NWA titles. So it's kind of cool that he brought them over. Yeah, but there was some other weird shit. It's on all there, MMA right? shit. And yeah. Like, yeah, weird shit that no one knows about. And and Jim, I just remember there's there's a moment where Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette maybe has like two or three of them. And Dan Severn has all of them like yes. on and like two of them are like together draped around his neck. And he's like standing in the middle of the ring and Jim Cornette's like running around him. Ugh. And everyone's like, what? Can Who, we see Austin? Does he, is he the Intercontinental? <laughs> right. Like what? Did he ever have a WF belt? Right. Like, you know, people are WCW. Maybe I've heard of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know. NWA. What is that? Yeah, you exactly. know, NWO. Is that what this is? That's the NWO? Like, who is this guy? That's the problem is the way that, look, I don't know that they should have ever brought him in. And it's it's not his fault. You right. know, it's just, what are you going to do? Why didn't they have vignettes at least of like go. explaining how he won these championships showing like, him like kicking ass maybe, and stuff maybe, maybe they did hyping up these belts saying like you know you know uh juice and thunder lager <laughs> competed for this one you know whatever I, thunder I, lager. I, I all i'm saying is something where they use names maybe people heard about in, in after mags or something like what did you just say i know i know we were not allowed to say it on this show don't call them the after mags You've been right. warned. Anyway, like, you know what I mean. Like they, they had like avenues back then. People were reading did. these things. Can I ask you a question now? Well, let me just run down the rest of Severn's very brief WWF career, and then we'll get to what right. happened here. So he comes in and he's a part of this, and everyone's thinking, oh, he's going to fight Ken Shamrock. That could be a big match. No, it doesn't right. happen. 
If it does, it's like on Raw. No one remembers. It's Don't worry. F- it would have been in like the heart dungeon or something yeah. if it did happen. Yeah, isn't he the ref for like one of the I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure that's the best usage they ever got out of him. I just remember in, him like, wearing sweatpants. Yes, or I remember him yeah. wearing like a sweatshirt all yeah. the time. Yeah. And then he just looked stern, which yeah. is that's his whole deal is he's very stern. And then he kind of gets in this horrible angle with Owen where Owen breaks his neck. Remember they try to... Did he break his neck? Not literally, but oh, they're okay. trying to like reenact the Austin thing. Right. <sighs> and Owen retires and then becomes the Blue Blazer. It's all bad, That's seriously. That's how the Blue Blazer, yes. isn't it? Ugh. I came here to look into the eyes of the man that stole my livelihood. Look at me, Owen! Honestly, nothing of any real note. He was in Brawl for All and then he won a match and withdrew from it. Nothing of any real note happened with Dan Severn. He was already 40 when he joined the WWF, which back then seemed older than it does now because the competition that was going on. And not to mention the WWF was trying desperately to focus on younger. Yeah. That was something that they like announced to the public. Like they would say a lot that it's like, we're focusing on younger town or whatever. If if you have a 40 year old guy, immediately everyone's like, what is What What, what are you doing? You you tell us all all the time on this show that like being young is, is makes you better. Correct. Yes, exactly. Let me ask you, Quinn, even if they had tried to build them up, what's the highest thing that Dan Severn could have realistically attained Intercontinental during- title. Okay. Intercon- and, and not the good, the one, the purple one or whatever. The shitty one. Yeah, the one where it didn't matter. Do you think he could have feuded with, do you think he should have feuded with Ken Shamrock, an actual feud? Of course. Right? No, that That's def- the natural- That 100% should have happened. But And then, honestly, the, the only other thing they could do after that is like they become a tag team and they're kind of like unstoppable, like the sure. two UFC men. You know what I mean? Something like that. But other than that, I don't know. Like I had no interest in him as a kid. Well, I, that's a thing, right? I, I and I watched every single WWF thing. Sort I read I. all the magazines. Yep. I read everything. Right? Yep. I was I was heavily invested in the World Federation by 1998. So I thought of Dan Severin as this weird, like not even like mid Carter, like this weird thing that sometimes he was on. And then you wouldn't really understand and be like, uh, maybe I'll go check out what WCW's doing. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you'd see him with 100, 100 belts, and I probably, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if like we had a time machine, you could go back to me watching wrestling on Mondays on my beanbag chair or whatever, <laughs> and like seeing if I like actually flipped the channel when he came on. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, and it's not Cornette's fault. I mean, the whole thing was just poorly conceived and poorly executed. He's in a lot of ways. Dan Severn to me is very analogous to, um, and not in wrestling ability. I'm saying the way they use them, uh, Doctor Death, Steve Williams, the same thing. Where people are like, "Oh man, he should have been so good." Were you watching in '98? A he, suck he was over. Yeah, you it, know what I mean. People didn't care about that. <laughs> right? They did a not. Suck. They did not give a shit about the like tough man. Right? Thing. Like, they they were like stone cold. Right. The tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was the tough guy, or the, Shamrock was like the backup tough guy. Shamrock was the like. Oh, he was in real, res- yeah. real wrestling. That's, right. the, that's yeah. the other thing. As a kid, I'd like, oh, he's in real wrestling. Yeah, you know. So yeah, maybe in a different era, but in '98 when it was all about like catchphrases and singalongs with the crowd, pimps, literal strippers, and yeah. escorts were coming down the ring. I mean, seriously, like here's the other problem <laughs> that's too all I'm saying. is that there existed other people that were more over that were kind of the same thing, like you said, like Shamrock, but also Lethal Weapon, Steve D. Blackman. Because I always thought I had, he looks stern. He's he looks good. serious. I. I see him do a, a sidekick thing when he comes in the ring. Yeah. He, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> they already had a Dan Severn. Yeah. <laughs> they already had Steve Blackman. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to Dan Severn. I've heard Steve that he's... Steve Blackman's better too, by the way. 
Well, charismatically, yes. Yeah. I've heard that Dan Severn is a hell of a nice guy. Yeah, it's nothing against it, Dan Severn, the guy. It was just, he wasn't the, talented. He wasn't the guy for the time. No. Like we said, they had two UFC people. Well, I mean, Steve Blackman wasn't really UFC. I don't know. Martial what he, arts, though. He knew, Legit. Some, he knew some shit. He I, did. He was like he was like Jean Claude Van Damme or something like kind that. Of, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know what to call Steve Blackman. I would love to do a whole segment on Steve Blackman in general because he's One great. Day. Chester McCheeserton, the Stop. whole deal. Uh, but Se- <laughs> but Blackman did everything with Shamrock that Severn could have done. Yeah, he teamed with them and he feuded with them. Yep. that's what you could have done with Dan Severn. He ain't beaten Stone Cold, and they're not building a match between Austin and Severn. Yeah. Not in '98, they're not. I'm not saying they couldn't have. I'm saying Austin would have hands down just won, maybe and they, everyone would have known that. Maybe they thought. After Stone Cold got in a tussle with Mike Tyson, there was kind of this, yeah. like, people thought, well, what if Stone Cold did fight somebody who right, was a right. real fighter, right? What if he takes on all comers, right? right? Yeah. But no comers. So no offense to Dan Severn, but why do I think it went wrong? I think it went wrong because it was just 1998. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, it was 1998. The time just wasn't right, and it's, it has nothing to do with, like, how good or bad Dan Severn is. It's right. just... It's just not a wrong place, wrong time, whatever. Yep, exactly right. But folks, uh, thank you for being with us in the right place at the right time. And thank you, Jay, for the suggestion there. Obviously, feel free to let us know what you think about Dan Severn and the WWF and what went wrong there. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, there are four names left in the tank for the Royal Flush. Worst feuds of all time. We're pulling two more out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Flush of feuds is coming up right after this. When I first came on the scene, I was basically known as a babyface, just just a no-nonsense kind of babyface. Didn't have to wear no ridiculous outfits. Matter of fact, I wore the same stuff from the Ultimate Fighting Championships, and uh, I didn't cut no any ridiculous promos and that. Uh, and so now I've got one of the road agents pitching me an idea. We want to make you. We want to put six 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 across your forehead. Mark of the Beast. We want to make you an Undertaker disciple and this and that. And as they're going on, I'm like, time out. Not going to happen. I live in small town USA. I don't want to have any repercussions against my family, nor my businesses, nor me. I said, I want to know that I can have my family out to dinner and I'm not going to have some crazy youth pastor or something like that coming over there trying to sprinkle holy water on me because they're buying into a certain storyline here. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us here. It's episode number 208. It is Monday, January the 18th, 2021. I'm still Joe Morata, and Michael Quinn is still with me. Hello, I'm, Michael. I'm still here. Hello. I, I didn't leave in glad, the break. I'm glad. No, that's really good. There was that time for me to leave, but I just, you yeah. know, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay here for the rest of this show. There you go. We sit here while the commercials play, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just heard all of them. <laughs> They're, they were great. They were great. You know what else might be great for some Why? of our fans? If you're an OVP fan, I'll keep this brief, okay? If you're an OVP fan, whether it's been for a few weeks, few months, or a few years, and you like what we do, and you want more of what we do, you're in luck because we do have a Patreon. It's not to get rich. 
We like that you support us, and that's wonderful. But really, if you want the extra content, try it out. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's two tiers and two tiers only. Two bucks or five bucks. Two bucks gets you the 1983 canon, but we're going through championship wrestling. We're in September of 83 right now. It's a fun right. time. Oh, it, it's, it's the funnest. It is, actually. Uh, we start in January of 82. So there's like almost two years worth on this stuff. And the free ones come out bi-weekly as well on our YouTube channel and on this podcast feed. Two bucks a month. And then for five bucks, you get the pay-per-view reviews like we mentioned. We started with the first WrestleMania. Out now is Royal Rumble 92. Next month is WrestleMania 8. These are full-length audio podcasts. We're talking usually three, sometimes more than three hours. Yeah. And we go in-depth on every WWF pay-per-view. It's a really fun time. The same style that you know from this weekly show. If you want to support us there, you can do that. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Also, Quinn, people have asked about, and this has happened plenty of times in the past, and we really didn't have a good answer. Yep. Where to support us if you just want a quick one-time donation, or maybe you don't want anything extra and occasionally just want to throw us a buck or two. Yeah, you just, you're just like, I feel like giving a donation. And yeah. Believe it or not, that has been asked. I've, I've seen Several it. Several times. It has been asked quite a bit. Yeah, so so we, the, we've we've made a means for you to do this. We have. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a ko-fi.com. Is it coffee, Kofi, 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 or they like fake SoFi? Yeah. Either way, they provide us with a way yep. for you to donate. So what is what is the website to do this It now? is ko-fi.com slash OVP podcast. Ah, easy That's enough. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay, and if you need the link, you can let me know. But again, this is not like money grubbing type of stuff people have asked us that's why we did it right you know we're so not we, trying to we just kind of we needed to provide a means <laughs> right. because people were asking that's so. all it is and, and again seriously if you don't want to donate anything don't yeah. we're not trying to beg here of course how often do we hear a podcast if you don't want to donate friggin don't okay we, we don't we're not we, offended we're no uh step toe and you know yeah. we, we tell you this every week we tell you this every week we don't step toe uh, anyway thank you guys for even being here on the free show we appreciate that thank you all right, Michael, it is time for the Royal Flush. Right. I'm excited because the Royal Flush is fun. It is. <laughs> it really it's all is. about the fun. Plus, next week, a reminder, next week with the finale of the rankings, I mean, the, the fans voted. We'll give the results next week about the fan vote. Oh, yeah. The, oh, oh, that's always fun. A lot of controversy over there on the it rankings. Creates but that cash. <laughs> there's been no real controversy here on the Flush, Quinn. Now, what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your 10 best and 10 worst of something. It could be anything. And for this season, it is feuds in wrestling. What happens is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he's going to take all of your votes. He's going to compile them up into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And that way, by the end of the season, you will have the definitive OVP certified ordained baptized ordained non-GMO USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst feuds of all time. Now Incredible. this week, thank you, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned, by the way, on our Facebook group because you need to vote for next season. So check it out there. Make sure you join if you yeah, haven't. The election, the new election, the new is election about to begin. That's right, Quinn. We have six names on the board for the worst right now. The worst feuds in wrestling. Ah, the worst. I'm gonna run them. Ah, the worst. I'm gonna run them down for you. Number one is still the Gang Wars, DOA, Los Periquis Nation. How do you beat something that went on for way too long? It's and no, no one cared too. Yeah. Is the other part. Uh, number two. Yeah, speaking of number two, Millionaire's Club versus New Blood. This is, this is one where I feel like Joe hates this more than me. I don't really, I'm like indifferent mm. to this. Like, I don't care. Everything <laughs> in wrestling is fake except what you're seeing right now. And these guys are being held back, but we're still booking it anyway. It doesn't make any sense. Number they're, three. They're, they're forcing them. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, forcing them to book it. I'm Kidman. Make sure you book me or I'll beat you up. Right. Like. It doesn't make sense. Because it's Kidman. Because it's Kidman. Number three, Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. The chloroform city. It's a classic. 
<laughs> so was Plan 9 from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Number four, LOD versus Demolition. It sucked. Very disappointing. Horrible. Uh, number five, Undertaker versus Undertaker. Cool. Number six, Hulk. This is good. Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon Doom. I, I think I've said this on multiple flushes now that one year, one day, well, I said one year, maybe one year, maybe one year. we do this. Yeah. But one day, Hogan versus Dungeon of Doom or some element from it needs to be nominated for rankings. No, I agree with you, Quinn, yeah. because it's actually a lot of fun about how bad it is, right? It's so great. So, without any further preamble here, let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! We're going to be hearing some comments from the mysterious Black Scorpion. Paul Bear's Undertaker, going to work on Ted DiBiase. Who's the boss now, boss man? You know, Lex, the whole world is going to find out that you sold out. Rest in peace, Undertaker. Let me tell you something, Farouk. You never fired me, punk, because I quit. You imposters are going to regret the day you ever walked in the shadow of demolition. Ah, It's not hot. It's the Royal Flush. Woo. Quinn, it's filling up around here. Yeah, it's overflowing. As we mentioned, there are six names on the board and two more. Okay, are coming out today. Can we? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay, enough. And, uh, you know, what makes a bad feud, Quinn? It's not entertaining. I don't want to stay on the channel. I've had enough of it. Usually, like, a lot of bad feuds go on too long, I've noticed. True. As as we've gone through this. They don't don't get anyone over, maybe? they, They don't. They're not conclusive or but they just they provide no entertainment value whatsoever no, no redeeming qualities unlike nothing. the dungeon of doom versus hogan which is on here for tremendous some comedy yeah. value whereas a good feud gets people over keeps fans invested really makes you care and might provide some good matches a bad feud does none of those things right and quinn we have two more bad ones coming out of the tank you want to count down with the fans here and see uh who sure drew, let's find out who drew number seven everybody Was that, a, was that like a fireball or something that he attempted to throw at the Warrior? Hogan, Warrior, the WCW feud. Yeesh. Now, Yeesh. I understand because it's this is bad. This is bad. I have no um, excuse on this one. This is yeah, actually bad television. You know what's really unfortunate about this to me? Everything? If you think about it right on paper, this seems like, wow, this is a no-brainer for WCW. They got Hulk Hogan. They got <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. They never, like... They never really kind of resolved. They never had a second match ever. Right. It's like, well. How do you uh, fuck this up? All we got to do is just have him fight again, right? It's like, that. It's, it, it, he's not even going to stay to annoy us. Right. Like, you know what I mean? On top of it, he's there for like a minute. Right. right? And that's, that's like known. It's like a it's like a one pay per view deal, right? Three, they, three, but three, still so either whatever. It's either way. It's like we have three pay per views. All we got to do is have them fight each other, that's right? All it's all, it's all we got to do. We don't have to do anything else. Right. People just want to see this, right? That's it. How did they fuck this up? I don't know. So, background is not really necessary, so I'm not going to give much of it, okay? We all know that in the WWF, the two biggest names heading into WrestleMania 6 were the Intercontinental Champion Ultimate Warrior, right. World Champion Hulk Hogan. Of course. They had never faced each other. They finally get into a tussle at the Royal Rumble, a couple of other little minor confrontations. We get to WrestleMania 6. And the Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan. And then they never wrestle each other ever again. 
They're Mega Maniacs okay. sometimes, or whatever they no, are. No, they're not even... They don't even have a team name, Ultimate do they? Ultimate Maniacs. No, that's Warrior and Savage. They don't even have a team name. Uh, whatever. Isn't they, that embarrassing? Ultimate Mania? That's... What, what is they're their, not. They don't have a name. They tag team, though. At SummerSlam 91, yeah, right. but they don't have a name, I'm saying. They weren't even... They didn't even try. Really? They don't, huh? No name. Now, fast... Who am I thinking of, then? I guess... Savage and Warrior are the Ultimate Maniacs. Oh, I see. So, fast forward to 1998. We all know who Hulk Hogan is in WCW by 1998. He is the leader of the NWO. New World Organization, of course, yes. Of course. And the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother. By this time, when the Warrior comes in, which is August, the WWF is winning most of the time, but it's still anyone's ballgame. August right, of 98 I mean, is the, very hotly contested. The same year of Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There was, the WCW still had some uh, shots to fire, Absolutely. right? They, they were not... They were not out of the game. They were just kind of like, we were at this point where it was like, okay, now it's level, right? It's, it's pretty like, much it, level. It's a level playing field yep. again, which everyone's happy because, okay, now they're really competing again, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right? WWF's not just getting their asses kicked. Right. It's very fair game. And Hulk Hogan's not the champion anymore. He had lost it to Goldberg in July. Right. So Hogan, no belt, nothing. It's just perfect time for a grudge match, right? So it's August 17th, 1998. Right in the middle of a great summer for wrestling, for baseball, for steroids, across the board. Right? Everything's going. The Bulls had won Jordan's fair, final farewell in, in the 1998 canon. Exactly. Yeah. Great year. And what happens is, uh, well, Hogan's cutting a normal 29-minute promo. Right. Well, you know. That's what he does. It is, it is 1998. I believe it was the second one of the night. Really? And he's like, oh, this is the best thing ever, brother. No one can beat me. Meanwhile, Goldberg beat him like a month earlier. Right. Um, and he's a great heel, Hollywood Hogan. We yeah. all know that. That's and, part of the storyline, though. The yes. Hogan's like delusional, yes. but he's still a good thing. Megalomaniacal. Yeah. And, and um, the Megalomaniacs would have been a good tag team name for these two. Now there that you, you mentioned that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as Hogan's talking, the Warriors' weird first WCW theme, it's like hideous. It hits. And um, he appears in the ring. Right. And uh, he cuts a promo that's probably... 17 minutes or something 12 really? it's so long i don't remember these lengths like okay. I, I wasn't anybody to count i think i was sort of like wow this is really cool right like the ultimate warriors back and i never understood why he never came back in wwf at the time like i was right. i was like i didn't know about the ins and outs there wasn't right there wasn't a downfall of ultimate warrior dvd no. i didn't know about any of this i was just like why did he go away right right yeah because we hadn't seen him in two years yeah. in a major company and he's called just the Warrior because they can't say Ultimate Warrior, but his name is Warrior. Everyone so. called him the Warrior, Warrior anyway, right. so nobody's really that stunned. And albeit you may have beaten myths, legends, giants, and other great men, you never, never beat a Warrior. The problem here, and if you're newer to the show or you haven't listened to the pay-per-view reviews, we are much more fair to the Ultimate Warrior, the performer. We're not talking about the man. Right. The, we are much more fair, I think, to the performer than a lot of people are. Because he's pretty damn good. Because we've seen his big stage work. You know, right. I, if you watch him on day-to-day, -day, look, I understand that he's not like a great... We know that, okay? And his and promos are insane. He when it matters, though, yeah. right? Doing the pay-per-view reviews, we see like what he's able to do with when he's working with someone good. He can really pull out some good stuff. And uh, we're fair to him. And I also like his promo style. It's insane. Right. But I like his promo style. It's something only he can do. Right. Right? It's like, that's his that's his deal. Correct. They, that's what people expect. They expect him to talk about the, the moons of Saturn or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they don't care. But around the time of his 1996 WWF run, and then again here, he repris reprises this in WCW, he doesn't have that same warrior intensity. He more just rambles and uses 
big words and he tries to be like cool. I think this is part of the 5,000 attempts by like Ultimate Warrior the person like to try to revise his character. Yeah, like, I get it. Especially in like if you notice in 96 he was like trying to change how he was. Yes. Like, like, he like calmed it down. Right? He calmed and it down. So it's like he's bringing this to WCW right. now. Right. It's like now I want to be this. And I understand why but I don't like it is what right. I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan he of it. He had something that worked. He didn't need to start <laughs> messing around with it. Right. You know. So he cut some more promos on Hogan throughout the rest of August. And if there are any, they lay shrouded beneath layers of deceit and infamy. Frankly, Hogan, how your present condition manifested itself isn't the material that needs to be analyzed. And eventually we get the One Warrior Nation, Mm -hmm. which is him. That fighting is, that is a very NWO. Jim Hellwood idea, <laughs> by the way. Like, is, that is right? a very like uh, we only get to do it if I get to trademark one <laughs> warrior nation. Hey, and, smart businessman. Because it's NWO backwards. Yep. And it's gonna be mine. And you know, we're gonna have all the comic books about it and all this. <laughs> like you know that's like what he was doing, right? Oh, like, absolutely. That was totally a Jim Hellwig special. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, of course, because this is a Hulk Hogan feud, Bruce Beefcake is in the middle of the whole thing. Remember? Because so they're already inserting. How did he get? I, I always forget that. How yes. the hell did he get involved in this? So they're already inserting. Never mind the droning promos between both guys. This is not the cocaine era of '90 where like their promos are short and fun. This is like back and forth twenty minute promo style of the late '90s. It sucks with yeah. the two of them. It, They're not meant for that. Modified 1990, but not in a good way. It's just drawn out and yeah. just no one says it. It's like now. Right. It's like now where no one says anything. Right. And uh, anyway, they're already dragging the disciple into it, right? And like the fight is over him. Like Warrior tries to get him. So of course they're dragging unnecessary shit. Just fight. Just fight. Can right? I just ask why um, Lady Beefcake would ever side with the ultimate warrior over Hulk Hogan? Well, just, I'm just saying. He is a butcher occasion. I want to Hulk. But sometimes he doesn't like Hogan, remember? Yeah, he, but after, remember, he like, I don't know what happened to him when he got the beard or whatever. <laughs> remember, he came back and he's like, I only like Hulk. Like, he's like <laughs> stern. Like, it's almost like he's got like zombie eyes. Like, he's just like, Hulk Hogan is the best. Yeah, I true. am a Hulk Hogan robot. Like, basically. <laughs> that is pretty much his whole career. Yeah. If, you, if we're really being fair. Yeah, but fair. it's like they, they took the, they took any kind of, um, defiance out of out of his like body or something like, you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. any kind of like because because he he went over the line right so they like True. reprogrammed him or whatever they reprogrammed Bruce Beefcake. yeah uh we get to war games september fall brawl worst war games one of the worst ones this is the one where there's the trap door oh yes that british bulldog's career practically ended on oh yeah right uh and not only that though smoke fills the ring during war games while hogan's in the ring then we got like bret hart and good names in there right <laughs> And it's always weird to me when Bret Hart's involved in any WWE thing. <laughs> it's just like, all of it is weird, yeah, right? Yeah. So the smoke fills the ring. You can't see anything. When the smoke clears, there's the warrior in the ring, except it's really the renegade dressed up as the warrior. That's, this this that's is real. real. No, this is real. What? Then the sm- I don't even remember that part. And then the NWO or like Hogan and Stevie Ray or somebody are in there and they attack him, right? Yes. Then the smoke fills again. And all that's left is Hogan's holding warrior's coat. And then the real warrior runs out I to join war games. I see. And it's horrible. It's kind of funny that they got the renegade involved. Uh, it's by the way. really funny. Yeah, ha ha ha. Now, war games. From what I understand, I'm not okay. I'm not an expert on the nuance. You're not supposed to leave the cage, right? As far I don't as think I know, so. Hogan leaves the cage, and maybe they run. fight on the top now. Sometimes, no, but Hogan, yeah. Hogan just leaves the cage. Well, <laughs> it's just annoying, right? It's Hulk Hogan. He does whatever he wants, right? Yep. 
And I think uh, Warrior wins by submitting Stevie Ray or something. Well, it's not why bad. is this so complicated? This is my point, right? Because and we're- <laughs> here's the thing: is that remember now, I, and I think we're we, we there's we're a big there. there's a big factor here to all of this is both both men have creative control, if you recall. True, but I don't. I doubt the Warrior has as much as Hogan overriding creative control. Uh, I think Hogan. And Bischoff, because this is height of Bischoff still being very much in power. Right. 98, you know what I mean? I do know that the next night on on uh, Nitro, that's the one where the four horsemen reform with Ric Flair get on out here and all that. Oh, with the suits. Yeah, and the Dean suits. Malenko has been magically like retconned <laughs> yes. into the four horsemen. Yes. But <laughs> yes, as if he was like always in it or something. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Hogan cuts a promo. The smoke fills the ring again. Right. right. And then the warrior never appears. Cool. Like, why do they do this? It's just bad storytelling, God, right? We're stepping through this and you're reminding me of all this crap. Well, we need to like make sure people understand why it's so bad. It's not yeah. just their one match that they had. You know, the 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 fall yeah, brawl match. I think a lot of people uh, like, like me just remember it as blanketly bad, but there is there's a lot of you there's why. a lot of details <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. The next week, September twenty first, the show opens. With smoke filling the ring, <laughs> yeah. more smoke. I just, I feel like everything involves smoke and mirrors. I guess, generally, yes, and, and, literally, and fire. Smoke sometimes. And, and guess how? Guess what happens when the smoke clears? Who's face down in the ring? Not Hogan, not mm-hmm. Warrior. Brutus Beefcake. Well, <laughs> <laughs> big, big part of the future. This is already confusing. You just explaining this, uh huh? Like I don't. This is insane. Now, guess who has joined the One Warrior Nation by the end of that show? Brutus, Brutus Beefcake. Beefcake. So yeah. it's two people in the One Warrior Nation. Well, anyway. <laughs> it's the, the TWO now. <laughs> TWN, whatever. Yeah, the TWO. TWN. Yeah. The following week, the uh, Warrior has a, another promo, you know, where he's like, oh, I don't like Hulk Hogan still, or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Nothing really happens. They challenge uh, each other. Match. No, no third member, because if it was a third member, it could still be the TWN. Just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a stupid point. Yeah. Now, probably one of the most intriguing points of this feud, I'll give them credit here. On paper, this match sounds really good. It's October 12th, 98. Keep in mind, Warriors only wrestled once mm-hmm. this entire time because he's a smart man. Well, That's in his fucking contract. You might as well get paid <laughs> yeah. millions of dollars. Uh, they're, not, they're spending it. This is, you know, a lot of these, you know what I always notice? A lot of a lot of these guys who came from WWF. They take advantage, man. Oh, they, All yeah. of them. If, if you go and call them up, it, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall realized at first that these idiots would pay anybody. They cracked the code, They man. cracked the code, and they showed all the other ones that were smart enough to do it, like that you could, because <laughs> they, they realized, remember, they, they've always said, the one reason they signed up, they, that WWF said, we'll pay you millions of dollars to work half the dates that you did in WWF, and yep. they were like, Okay. okay. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Meanwhile, the people that jump from WCW to WWF, it's always younger guys that are like, I just want to be able to wrestle. You right, know what I mean? exactly. So it's different mentalities. Exactly. And one yields for really good television, and one yields for lazy bullshit like we got in WCW right. in the last couple of years. <laughs> Nevertheless, this sounds great on paper. Mm-hmm. Sting comes out. This okay. is like towards the tail end of... um. Uh, like red and black sting before he goes away for Which a little was bit. Cool, by the way, it was cool. Yeah, he comes out. He cuts a promo on Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, who are allied at this point. <sighs> in case you're losing track, and then Warrior he comes out, takes like does his usual like rambling bullshit, of right. course, 
Um, and he's like, we'll team up. So basically, the, so can I just say the Blade this, Runners yes. reunited. Can I just say on paper, that sounds fucking amazing. Holy shit, yeah, that's an like, action figure match, right? Yeah. Warrior and Sting versus Hogan and Bret Hart. And also the, the history, too. Do I, I don't recall... Tony or any of them saying, oh, they used to be a tag team. Or I what, did that happen? I don't remember, Quinn. Yeah. About, that would have, they, about they the Blade sh- Runners, you mean? They should have done that. They might have. WCW would have. And WWF wouldn't have. Exactly. You know what I mean? They w- must have said that. Somebody go find the tapes of like Nitro back then. I'm sure it was like mentioned at some point or Tanay or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tony, you know, Tony. Be a tag team. And- <laughs> but anyway, it's a bullshit match. It's like five minutes. No one cared. No one remembered because fucking WCW. That's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> That's what they do. Right. So, anywho, we finally get to another Nitro the following week. And this is the one with the I'm Horace Hogan. And, <laughs> yeah, and one of your one of your favorites, right? Where Hogan's like, Who are you, brother? Tell everyone your name. I'm Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan. And then they attack him. Yeah. And Hogan's whole point is like, look, if I'll do that to my cousin that no one gives a shit about, what am I gonna do to the warrior? I guess that's okay, right? Yeah, I mean, like I know. I know who cares, who cares? I I, I if Hulk Hogan, Hulk- Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, but this is, to me, this is the thing is, is that you got Hulk Hogan doing his own thing, right? What he thinks is best for the feud. Yeah, what he where thinks. Where he's like, oh, I'm going to make myself look evil, brother. Right, that I'll do anything. Yeah. And then you got Warrior with, oh, I'm going to make it all mystical and shit. It's like they're both like on a different track and they, they always meet at the pay-per-view. <sighs> yeah, and it's a bad track, though, is the yeah. problem, right? Now, by the way, just for the record, I don't remember in the midst of this where the mirror is, where Hogan sees Warrior in the reflection, but I know that it happened. That is, for most people, Joe, that's the like defining, the moment, right? The defining feature of the second, like, feud. Because well, when did, what is all this? When did Warrior ever have magic in the WWF? Like, literally never, right? I don't think so. Is it because of Papa Shango? Maybe he, like, infected him. Right. It's, like, kind of coming out of him. But even 96 Warrior didn't have magic. He said yeah. ass. I also remember something with, like, a Hogan head or something. <laughs> yeah. like, with, Where Hogan's holding his own head yeah. with the best facial expression I've ever seen. Yeah. Hogan's funny in that. Yeah. He is funny. Hogan is funny as there's a cowardly a, heel. I'm not going to lie. There's a little too much magic in this. And do you Way think, too much. There should be zero. Do you think a lot of this also... When did this take place? Not uh, mi- Late 98, yeah, August like the, or whatever? The, the sp- uh, summer and fall of 98 yeah do you think anything at all was influenced by the fact that like undertaker and kane were rolling around doing that thing and wcw was kind of trying to respond they're like Maybe. people people seem to like this magic shit right yeah. like and they're like we'll do it with these two but the problem is that those are two established supernatural characters in the canon. i understand warrior that. and hogan or not they kind of tried to retcon <laughs> i always felt just as a viewer that they tried to retcon that the warrior had magic at the level of the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm did. not kidding. Like <laughs> I, I always felt like I would like think back when I would see him and he would do magical stuff, and I'm like, did he like? No! Did this happen? Like, because you know, he talked Undert- to his gods at WrestleMania Seven. Yeah, Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior had issues, right? Yeah, but not over magic. Yeah, I'm just well, saying. The Undertaker just didn't like anyone. They had a, they had a so- association. There was snakes. And there was also Papa Shango and and Ultimate and the Warrior. White jacket. Yeah, there's also a hat with King. I'm just saying that the Ultimate Warrior had a link to the magical, but realm he wasn't of wrestling. magic himself. Right. He was more just by proxy associated with it. So we get to the infamous Halloween Havoc. Right. What have we done to get to this? We have endless promos that don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. A bullshit war games. Right. A bullshit five minute tag match and smoke and mirrors. Literally, not figuratively. Actual smoke and mirrors. And then they do this match and they're basically reprising their WrestleMania six exchanges a little bit. Not really. Difference is it's eight years later. Right. 
Nobody cares. The build for this was terrible. One's a heel now, whereas in the original match, they were both faces. Mm-hmm. And it's just terrible. And, and we know what happens here. I mean, the lighter because of Horace Hogan and yes. then like the flash paper. But Hogan's like, oh, I singe off all my eyebrows and my mustache, which he did Hogan always t- tells the story like he almost died or something. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it, he did get like a little in his face. Yeah. It was kind of like, I don't know, not not that bad, I guess. Right. No, it wasn't that bad from yeah. what I can tell. I mean, he was fine. Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, Got like, a little scare, a little scare. Horace yeah. is involved. Eric Bischoff is involved and ugh, the chair shot and just a fucking chair shot puts the warrior down and Hogan would just horrible. Horace is coming the ring. Horace oh. hit the warrior in the back of the head. Why? Why? One. Hogan. Hogan wins the match. Obvious to me that blood is thicker than water, gentlemen. Horrible. How do you fuck? up perhaps one of the more if not most anticipated rematches to that point dunk no no effort you needed like you know what i mean they should have been pissing on the wwf's face yeah by having this match seriously now i know that i know that havoc did a good buy rate so i can't argue that havoc did a really good buy rate i believe they won nitro the next night so again can't take that away from them but from a creative standpoint, holy shit, was this bad. They had an opportunity. You're absolutely right. But um, there were several problems. One of them was Halloween Havoc <laughs> in general, Joe. Um, I know. it's not- Here's the thing is that I, I, I always have to make this point is that that pay-per-view is designed to be ridiculous. I like, mean, yeah. WCW at, at is times. at least consistent with that. True. It's, it's the one thing. There's always some goofiness. And, and to schedule the Ultimate Warrior vs. Hulk Hogan at that, that kind of tells me they aren't serious. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, they probably just wanted to shoot their shot, right? Right. The uh, other thing is, like you said, it just with all that supernatural shit being said, it strayed completely away from what yeah. it was. I mean, I thought WCW was like the serious wrestling place. And I'm not being funny about not it. I really... Ni- not by no, but even by 98. Really. They didn't really do, except for James Vandenberg's bullshit. Well, that with, was the, the Mortis universe That's its or own thing. The it Mortis doesn't, Glacier thing. It doesn't... It, that never encroached on anything else, right? I wonder... <laughs> it would have been great if, like, they acknowledged God. that... Like they were that so that we could say that they're part of that. I'm just saying like they, they exist in the Mortis universe, but it's just <laughs> the Mortis universe, but it's just, what a pathetic display considering it's unfortunate. I mean, they did it right four years earlier when they immediately brought in Hogan, had him feud with Flair and it worked because we were denied that match. I yeah. think is what people thought of. But in a lot of people's minds, we were denied a rematch between Hogan and Warrior at WrestleMania 7 even though I don't think that would have been a good idea, but you know, yeah, all they had to do was act serious about it instead That's of it. making it a supernatural, but like why is Horace involved? You know, Brutus now, Beefcake. Now that I really think about it and we've gone over it and you you say, yeah. You say, look, like the the blow off was designed to be Halloween Havoc based on we know that there was like three pay-per-views. Yeah. That says all you need to know is that yeah. that was the real attitude was that, oh, this will be the Halloween Havoc. So we that maybe that's the explanation for all the magic. Maybe I'm not even Quinn. joking that I they like know. they just put it in there. Right. Doesn't they, make it good. Yeah, I know it's stupid, but I'm saying like, well, if we're building to a Halloween Havoc match, there's got to be ghouls and ghosts ghouls. And, and smog and fog. Yeah, and, they had and, the yeah, smog and, and magic and all the heads. Like, so, hey, there's heads. There are heads. The fallout from this is that, uh. The next night on Nitro, there's a bit of a scuffle. Warrior says it's bullshit that Hogan won. No one cares. And two weeks later, November 9th, Warrior makes his last WCW appearance. Mm-hmm. 
and saves the disciple from an attack by the NWO or some crap. Well, it doesn't matter. Halloween's over. Time to get ready for Thanksgiving. Now, yeah. War- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It's like literally they put Warrior away like a like a Halloween decoration. They, they did just kind of like threw him out. Well, Warrior season's over. Yeah, bye. Uh, and Jim Helwig, you know, said that the only reason they brought him in is so Hogan could get his win back. I don't know if that's the only reason. I'm sure they wanted to make money. Yeah. You know, and also, but sure, really, I'm sure Hogan's condition was, I got to win. I really think the way they did business, they said, there's this section of the year that we would like to make money on. How do we maximize that? Because it's three months, right? Oh, God, yeah. I'm not even, they probably, that's literally how they like, it's like a financial bullet point or something. And in the long run, Quinn, it didn't do anything good for anybody, and that's why it's a bad feud. Yep. Even though it drew a great buy rate one time. Mm-hmm. Even though Nitro won the next night, that might have been their last win, by the way. But also, wasn't that because isn't that the pay per view where the feed cut off when DDP was fighting Goldberg? Whoops, whoops. And yeah. that was a really good match, by the way. That might have also helped sell the pay per view, but probably not as much as Warrior Hogan. Yeah, that's that's the one. The feed cut off, meaning they they ran out of time. Or whatever, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they had to like tell. Didn't they show it the next night? Nitro? Maybe that's they, why. I think they did, but, but they, it, they got they also had to give a bunch of refunds or something yeah. for the pay per view. So real good stuff. <laughs> yep. horrible just a horrible excuse for a, a feud honestly that that was all but guaranteed very to be a slam dunk yes. very 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 expensive douglas mm-hmm. let's uh find out who drew number eight shall we so here is my final graveside tax tip since everyone is just dying to get in here i was contemplating on investigating every last tax cheat in this place. Well, speaking of money, it's the Million Dollar Corporation versus The Undertaker. Again? A.K.A. 1995. Right. 1995 edition. Not Undertaker versus Undertaker. Edition. So, okay. How long does he fight these people? Well, let's do it, Quinn. Let's just get right to the chase here. Look. Well, we we gotta skip the Leslie Nielsen stuff now because we did that, We did that. So here's the deal. The, in earnest, the feud starts with the fallout of Undertaker versus Undertaker because it's at that point, it's just Undertaker versus Undertaker, which is already on here. It's number five, right? How does this? How? Because like, it's really bad. Oh my Quinn. god! So this got voted in as a separate feud, so that's why we're covering it. So DiBiase is mad after SummerSlam '94 that his fake Undertaker that he knew was fake right. lost, but of course he's going to lose because it's fake. Uh-huh. He doesn't have the power that The Undertaker has. But so. he did bring The Undertaker in. We did say yeah, this. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Okay. And Dusty Rhodes was still there. Yeah, you know, it was a very long true. time ago. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. was actually part of that feud. It was, yeah. yes. So it's now August, September, right, of 94, mm-hmm. and DiBiase has been slowly acquiring real all-star talent for his new corporation, like Nikolai Volkov and IRS. And- <sighs> all-star. <laughs> and I'll, I will say this. He's got Bam Bam. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. Bam Bam's credible. And now, uh, after SummerSlam, Ted DiBiase has also shockingly acquired Tatanka. Whoa. And now Tatanka. Man, this is more like all star wrestling <laughs> uh, talent. Now, Tatanka, who was a pretty well regarded by the fans face wrestler for the last couple of years, suddenly turns into the most boring wrestler in the universe. Terrible. <laughs> Awful. So. <laughs> Darker, talking about Indian reservations. Oh, God. And stuff. It's just bad. Right? I don't know. Bad, bad. Yeah. So that's our corporation. And then also in the fall of 94, Ted DiBiase brings back 
King Kong Bundy. Whoa. And Again, who, wh- why? 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 And, and, and half the audience is like, who? Correct. Because they're like, we weren't around for this. They're seven years yeah, old. You know exactly. what I mean? Leading the way down the money trail here for his latest acquisition to the corporation, the colossal, enormous King Kong Bundy. And now Bundy even looks worse because he's got eyebrows. Right. And I I always thought, I'm not even kidding. I was like, is this like a second King Kong Bundy? King Kong Bundy. Because, like, you know, those were, this was the time period where speaking of Ultimate Warrior, that that whole thing was something that was floated yeah. around throughout the internet and like just everyone. Now, Quinn, you and I had the privilege of being new wrestling fans during all of this feud. And I'll <sighs> tell you. Privilege, yes. At the time, I didn't care. And I still, it's really bad. So. We didn't care, but I also was like, I don't like the Million Dollar Corporation. <laughs> yeah. It's boring. It's boring. So Undertaker had a little bit of business to finish with Yokozuna, who killed him, who helped kill him. Right. So they have a casket match at Royal Rumble, or excuse me, they have a casket match at Survivor Series 94 with Chuck Norris. This is all real, yeah. in case you've never watched this. It, Chuck Norris <laughs> being involved is a real thing. It was like Cowboy Survivor Series. Remember, that was like the theme of it. Ah, we're here, Vince! Remember, it's Gorilla and Vince? I just remember, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they're really leaning in. There's like some kind of like, like, there's like tumbleweeds going by in the there, graphic. What is the, the graphic? Todd's wearing a duster. Like, there's like the, the skull of a cow or something. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Re- no, yeah, that's like, actually the graphic. Yeah. It's, it's like the skull of a cow. That's so no, that's stupid. true. Or like a bull or whatever. Yeah. Gorilla and Vince are wearing their gear and they're the commentators, which is right. weird. Is this, where was this? In San Texas, Antonio. San Antonio. Plus you got Walker, Texas Ranger there. Yep. Like it, it's Texas all the way. It's a lot of Texas. They, should, they really should have hyped Shawn Michaels at this, shouldn't they have? Yeah, but instead he breaks up with Diesel. Remember, because right. he kicked him by accident again. Yeah, well, it was Diesel's <laughs> it was an fault accident. slightly. I know. They should both, be holding him better. Both of their faults. So anyway, Undertaker's just going to avenge his loss on Yokozuna in another right. casket match, even though no one cared about this feud by this point. Not a lot of people even remembered <laughs> I, this happened. Even though it was earlier, but everyone's like, well, we don't care. Remember he turned into Marty Jannetty and all this, yes. blah, blah, blah. Like so, we, we, Again, we've litigated all of this at this point. <laughs> but for really no, no reason other than Ted DiBiase is still pissed off The Undertaker, he sends a Bam Bam Bigelow and King Kong Bundy out there to distract Chuck Norris. Right. Meanwhile, previously, Chuck Norris had kicked Jeff Jarrett, which is fine with me. That, everyone's fine with That's, that. Everyone's no, fine. Nobody has any issues with Jeff Jarrett getting kicked. I like the callback, though, because remember, like, Jeff Jarrett interfered in the first one, and well, it's like, yes. what is he doing out yes. here? I, he was, like, he was the ringleader to <laughs> yeah. me, because I remember him being in the front with, like, a headband on. Yes! Like, and I was just like, you know what? F that Get guy. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, so Norris kicks him, but then Bigelow and uh, Bam Bam come out, and it's a lot of bees right. and a lot of Bundy. Bigelow and Bundy, I should say. And Chuck the Norris- killer bees. <laughs> The fat bees. More like it. The big bees. Yeah, the fat bees. The, bi- the big bees. The big bees. And Chuck Norris is just staring at them, which allows IRS to come through the crowd and choke the Undertaker or something. Too much IRS involvement. You you could say that about anything in 91 and 95. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Anything he's in, that's too much. Except Money, Inc. Great team. Best team, actually. Like one year. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Undertaker wins anyway, but now he's mad at the corporation for trying to kill him again. Right. Well, and DBS is like, ha, money. So we get that long anticipated singles match at Royal Rumble 95, IRS versus Undertaker. We were all waiting for it. We were, I couldn't wait. Hated it. And uh, Undertaker wins. And then so well, we. What, really? <laughs> like, like the Undertaker's going to lose to IRS. Like, there's literally, like, that's why no one cared at that point because they were just like, it's it's Undertaker, like what? But what? Quinn Druids, remember that? <laughs> too much Druids. But like they're Ted DiBiase's, like they're evil Druids. These are corrupt Druids. <sighs> this is what happens. This is what we live through. Giving me like a headache thinking about it. 
So, meanwhile, Undertaker has already defeated like Tatanka on Raw. Like he has no problems with the corporation because they're a bunch of losers. Right. They literally are. Mm-hmm. So we get the big confrontation for WrestleMania 11. King Kong Bundy versus The Undertaker. <laughs> now, mind you, King Kong Bundy has not wrestled a WrestleMania since three when he fought Good midgets. Lord. He hasn't been in the WWF on a grand stage since the end of 87, early 88. And he's got eyebrows. And he has eyebrows. The only thing notable about this is that you can play it in that WrestleMania Undertaker streak mode on that video game. That's the only thing that made this match like matter to me ever. Did they make the the baseball umpire the referee in the video game too? Because remember he is for this match. We have to check. (laughs) That's the other thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Larry, because WWF thinks they're so good by being like not on strike. Well, this is this is that during that period of time, WWF, where our season never ends yeah, or whatever. Could it end? And then that, nice. that remember then the, the the guy wrote the article like WWF moral high ground, or, yeah. and, and they pissed us all off. Yeah. That was part of that shitty all all American like the last the one last that, one that was the worst thing we've ever reviewed. Or oh whatever. god, they just got their dicks out. They're like, look, we're not on strike. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Larry Young comes in from the. MLB to, to umpire for no real like he's not a celebrity remember how in wrestling that they needed umpires it wasn't even like a good umpire yeah. it wasn't like a notable one like Ken Kaiser the big fat guy or somebody yeah. like that Who's or Jim Joyce apologized for the perfect game Jim person? Joyce Jim yeah, Joyce exactly yeah. it wasn't one of them it wasn't some kind of like all-star umpire like cowboy Joe West or Bruce Fremming it wasn't an, a, it wasn't fucking who was the guy uh, See, here's Jocko the, Conlon so here's the thing Joe's you're listing all these people and most people also don't know who any of those people are Derwood Merrill I'm just saying you're listing names that they're yeah, notable they're, umpires. No, they're notable umpires but also nobody gives a shit exactly like, most people don't get having a baseball ump doesn't mean dick like <laughs> I'm sorry like it's like refs in general are not that popular. No, <laughs> the the common person tuning into the World Series every year, they might know the umpire's name by the end of the series, but then two days after the series is over, they forget all of their Absolutely, names. Absolutely, as they should, <laughs> yeah. right? So they're like, "Look at him; he's from baseball, and he's going to be." And everyone's like, "Can this show be over? Yeah, this WrestleMania sucks. Can it just be done?" Mm-hmm. And Undertaker wins. So <laughs> the, the theme of this feud. Undertaker wins, right? Right, and then we get, uh, then we get into the King of the Ring, where Undertaker gets like caught up with Mabel, which is not part of the corporation. Well, How, we also forgot oh, at sorry, the end of WrestleMania that the Undertaker urn gets stolen. Oh, I'm very by, sorry, by, by, Thank, by Mr. Kama. By Kama, thank yeah. you. That's what I meant to get to. So Kama steals the urn, and Undertaker's like, "Give it back," but he doesn't, and he right. melts it down, and he makes a chain, right? Which Kama does the entire like. I feel like the whole summer. Of uh, of 1995, he's is taunting them with it. Every single um, superstars, it usually wasn't on Raw because it wasn't that important. <laughs> um, but on superstars, a lot, commas like extreme fighting machine or supreme, whatever. He's beating Doesn't people matter. up, and he comes out with it with the thing. And then every time, like Jr. or whomever is actually Undertaker's urn that they that they burn down or whatever. And, I like, like that and it's it, always Jr. in your mind, even though it's definitely Vince. But please keep it being Jr. <laughs> well, Jr. It's on, better if it's Jr. In, you know in my what mind. I mean? Yeah, no, I'm but like, it's better su- when you superstars on Saturday. Please always retcon and, this stuff to and Jr. Also, <laughs> also, Doc would mention it a lot. Where, 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 he's got that. And then on Action Zone, like Tubby, and then in the WWF superstars, you know, yeah. he still it's like shut up. Yeah. So every basically they rammed it down your throat that that is the urn that he's wearing <laughs> yeah. into a chain or whatever. Right. right. Everybody knows that is the fucking urn. And he looks like a fucking idiot too yeah. with this thing around yeah. his neck. So anyway, they fight at SummerSlam. Undertaker wins, and then they do the house shows until I want to say like September of '95. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the feud. In all seriousness, that's the feud. So we are stretching here from, even Ugh. if you don't want to count SummerSlam 94, it's literally right after one year. Because then Undertaker mm. moves on to Mabel for good for the Dang rest of 95. Goodness. Yeah, it's actually like an upgrade. That's not even an upgrade, but <laughs> it's, it's a lateral. Kind of, it's, it's a lateral. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not an upgrade. It's just the same shit. But like literally from September of 94 until September of 95, Undertaker's main antagonists are Ted DiBiase and his gang of absolute miserable losers. With with the sidebar of the Undertaker's just trying to get back to the WWF title. All it, and he finally like, once he gets rid of Mabel, that's literally what he does. Remember he fights Brett? He's finally like, okay, <laughs> yes. I, can, I can fight for the damn title <laughs> that then, I lost in 1991! And then Diesel interferes. Yeah. He's gotta like deal with Diesel. And then Mankind interferes. You know the whole thread. <laughs> Honestly, WrestleMania 13 is like it, it's not great, but, no. it, it, but it does like finally conclude this shit like it does it's like the undertaker can finally get his damn title back and then he's like always in the main event scene after that right like it finally makes sense but anyway million dollar corporation this was in there for worse stables rightfully so mm-hmm. when we did that last they're season they're always in the mix in flush you know what look at them yeah like, look at this gang of losers there's no credibility what did they ever win quinn this is the problem what did tatanka ever win as a heel um, like, what nothing. did he do? <laughs> what did he, IRS he lost, ever do? He lost that Lex Luger shit. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah, he never won anything. What did Bundy do when he came back? What did any of these Bundy people do? Bundy was just do? mainly the big fat guy of the crew so that they could have a big fat guy feud. And I don't think Undertaker ever fought Sid in this feud. And that would have been the was, one intriguing Sid match. Was busy with, with Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Just a horrible feud. And you look at WrestleMania 11, for example, about how bad the corporation is, right? When Bam Bam's fighting Lawrence Taylor, and you got all these football players who look like actual athletes, right? And then you look at ringside at what is there in support of Bigelow, and you see like Nikolai Volkov and IRS into <laughs> you're like, what a gang of fucking losers Don't this is. Pennybacks Volkov, yeah. too. <laughs> and IRS, it's just all bad, horrible feud. Did no favors for the Undertaker. Did no favors for the company. It literally stagnated his career. It's just so fucking boring. And we said this the last time we talked about The Undertaker, who, by the way, now has three feuds on this list, and none of them are his fault. You know, it's who they booked him with, but we said it when we were talking about Gonzalez. For The Undertaker to have a successful feud, which they hadn't done until 96 with Mankind, there needs to be some stakes for him. He needs to have some threat of losing. How many times are you going to steal the fucking urn? Everyone did that. You that know, was when everyone's threat. Yeah, and it never worked. Steal the fucking urn. Mankind, on the other hand, he was a deranged psychopath. He, like, he yes. Just, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't care if he lost or won. Right. Like, that's like what, that's how they figured out the formula. And he wasn't bigger than The Undertaker, but he could take just as much pain, yeah. practically. Yeah, so it's just like, well, Undertaker, how's he beat this shit? Like, right. He, he can't just, like, overpower it with, like, his no-selling. Because Yeah, because Mankind can can almost match him on the no-selling. Remember, it was like Mankind was almost there with the no-selling? The thing that's interesting about Mankind, always to me, just on an aside, Why is not? that it's not that it's no-selling. Like, you see him, like, wincing in pain. Right. It's just that he has this bizarre threshold. That's what it is. It's like, yeah, you kick the shit out of him, and he's like, ah, like, but it's like, you can't beat him for some reason. Like, it doesn't, Correct. It doesn't fucking matter. You could throw him off a roof, and it's like, ow, that hurt, but, like... Yeah, that literally uh, happened, remember? And then uh, it's like, okay, you want to keep wrestling? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Got like a broken leg. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, and that's what it took for The Undertaker to have an actual good feud, because yeah. he hadn't had any. Mm-hmm. And this was maybe his worst one, but Quinn, is it ranking time? Sure. Alrighty. Let me run them down real quick, folks. Gang Wars, number one. Millionaire's Club versus New Blood, number two. Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker, number three. LOD Demolition, number four. Taker versus Taker, number five. 
Hogan versus Dungeon number six. Hogan Warrior Quinn, definitely worse than uh, the Dungeon. Definitely. I is agree. It, is it worse than Undertaker versus Undertaker? Mm, yeah. Disappointment factor? Yeah. That's one of the things with it, right? Plus it's like Undertaker versus Undertaker somehow does the magic better. Yeah, because it's in even, their canon already. Yeah, it's, 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 it's understood. Here's the problem I have with Hogan Warrior. You can point to it drawing a good buy rate for a Fall Brawl. I mean, excuse me, for Halloween Havoc. Yeah. I don't know about Fall Brawl with the War Games, but... Halloween Havoc's always a, a favorite amongst people. Yeah, but that's all it has. Mm-hmm. Nothing creative. Is it, is it because that's of, all it has. Is it because of that, or is it because of the Goldberg well, stuff? Probably mainly Hogan Warrior, if I had to right. take an educated guess. But yeah, Goldberg DDP was also a big match. U.S. champion versus world champion. Right. I was intrigued at the time. I gotta say, they, it, Halloween Havoc had the assist... Yes. With that shit. They did. But, again, that's the only thing this feud has, mm-hmm. is the fact that it had a good buy rate for Halloween Havoc. The creative is terrible. The promos are bad. The storyline is stupid. The blow-off match is horrendous. This is like an actively bad feud. Yeah. Like, this is not a, this is not a, like, disappointment factor. It is. It, it is. has that, too, but it's... It, not boring. It's bad. Yeah. LOD versus Demolition... It's not worse. No, than no, this. no. It's better. It's, yeah, well, LD versus Demolition is better. But now I feel like we're getting into the territory where this is more comfortable. <laughs> this is more at home with some of these feuds. Well, Gonzalez Undertaker, which is currently at number three, it it's was bad. It was longer than Hogan Warrior. That's true. It was, but Hogan Warrior is actively bad. Gonzalez Undertaker isn't a main event feud. I mean, it's it's two. It's two pay-per-view matches. It is one of their top stars, though, The Undertaker. It's yeah, not but, like it's, it's, it's not like it's just nobody. Just saying. It's only two pay-per-view matches. Uh-huh. And the promos are short. And it's logical. It's not good. There's magic involved. And there's fucking Horace Hogan is involved in this other one. And Brutus Beefcake. But the other thing about Gonzalez, too, is that it's The Undertaker. So there's also magic. There has to be. There Despite isn't much, default. though, in this one. There's chloroform. De- default magic. Not that much magic. Yeah. Only a little magic. I don't know, Quinn. What, you think why is that always... By the way, just on an aside, why does that keep cropping up as, like, a, a feature of a bad feud is magic? Have I you, know, have you people don't... Like, people don't want to tolerate it. Yeah. I normally don't. I mean, I will, but, you know, you, yeah. look, you look the other way it's sometimes. It's very weird that a non-magic feud... Um, is, is worse is, is even on this list. Yeah, but the problem is that when you start injecting it in the guys like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and Smoke and Mirrors, it gets really dumb. There's t- only two feuds that do not involve, maybe three that do not involve magic. Yeah, the top this. two. Yeah, and uh, LOD Demolition. And that might involve magic because LOD. But what are we doing here with Hogan Warrior? Is it worse or better than Gonzalez Undertaker? One's a main event feud that should have been really good. The other one is fucking a Jorge hey, Gonzalez feud. Okay. That's put, all I'm trying I'm gonna, to say. Let's elevate the the Ultimate Warrior crap. It's horrendous. Yeah. It really is. Now, I don't think it's actually, believe it or not, because of the length. It. I don't think it's worse than Millionaire's Club versus New Book because that just stinks. That just okay. That 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 is just. I, I'm principle. It pisses principal. you off so much as well. I I don't know. It's just this is this. Here's the one thing that I can say: the saving grace of Hogan versus Warrior. Yeah, is that. It is a little silly to like a point of being sort of entertaining, like you know what I mean, like the the especially yeah. once it once it hits the Halloween Havoc realm. Listen, I get what yeah, you mean. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. My main problem with Millionaires Club New Blood is the premise of it to begin with. It's broken. It that's my actual main problem, and right. it didn't do anything good. I don't think for anybody. I really don't. It didn't. I mean, what I can help confidently anyone. say is Gang Wars is 
definitely worse than all of this still. Still. Because it's hateless and it's it, pointless. It's so annoying. Yeah. And it's like a hundred years long. Don't get us wrong, folks. Hogan Warriors actively bad, like Quinn said, and yeah. it should be on this list. But yeah, Millionaire's Club versus New Blood premise is broken. Yep. It is. At least this this has a premise. They fought each other at Once. WrestleMania 6 and it was a big deal. Yes, and this is the big rematch. It's horrible, but it, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Okay, so number three, we'll settle it there. Yeah, sure. Undertaker versus Million Dollar Corporation is infinitely worse than Hogan versus Dungeon. <laughs> it is. It's worse than Undertaker versus Undertaker. Even though it's like part two. Yeah, it's the sequel, but Undertaker Undertaker is one match, short build, mm-hmm. one and done, right? Done. We never see okay. the fake Undertaker yep. again. Yep. It's worse than LOD Demolition. Uh, agreed. Now, okay, now again, Giant Gonzalez, this is like the gate. Oh, it's like it's Giant, a gate. Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker because it's a real piece of shit. Corporation's worse. In my mind, that's my quick answer. Mm, Quinn, can yeah, come on Yeah, no, I agree. Umpires. Umpires. IRS got a pay-per-view it, singles this match. Is a, this is another length situation. This has like a Gang Wars quality to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. It's got a the, little it's bit. On, it's on for way too long. A year. Yeah. Question. And this is a serious question. Yep. Would you rather see Giant Gonzalez face The Undertaker or IRS face The Undertaker? Because at least... That is a very hard question to answer. And it shouldn't be because it's yeah. Giant Gonzalez, right? Right, yeah. But IRS is so useless. Right. Because at least with me, with Gonzalez, Undertaker, the intrigue is that Undertaker is smaller Do you think than people somebody. people say... And this is a rightful argument when you're talking about some really bad shit. Yeah. Is that Mike Rotunda at least can somewhat oh, wrestle. He's a very good wrestler. Right? He is. Like, he's you know boring. I, you know what I mean? Like yes. that. It's like maybe that uh, carries it over it a little bit. But when I think of Undertaker, I don't want to see scientific wrestling no, matches. No, I'm not looking for that. I want right? spectacle. Yeah, I'm looking for like fog and chloroform. Overpowering and no selling. <laughs> right. And, like, it's like, there's, you know what the thing that's always weird about The Undertaker is like, it's very easy to mishandle The Undertaker, as we've seen yes. with his stuff. Yes. But if you hit it right, it's awesome. Like that, oh, yeah. It, it's like it's a, it's like an actual double-edged sword as far as a character is concerned. I, I like totally it, like, agree. Because if you do The Undertaker correctly, it's fucking amazing. It's like, 1997. Or it's, it's 1998. Even, it's even the later times when he's like, yeah. he's just fucking awesome it's against Shawn Michaels or whatever. 2007. Yeah. Eight, yes, absolutely. The Undertaker is such a weird character because there is there is absolutely awesome potential to make him great. Absolutely. And when it, it, when it nails, it nails. But when it doesn't, it falls flat and it's bad and i think that the corporation did the undertaker no favors whatsoever right jorge gonzalez versus undertaker was intriguing i mean yeah the guy's gigantic right it's like this guy looks like he beat him up at the very least he eliminates him from the royal rumble illegally and they have two matches on pay-per-view it's not that bad in the context. It's not that bad. In no way in hell do I think IRS is ever beating the Undertaker right. or or Bundy Tatanka. Tatanka. None, yeah, none of these people. Kama with the urn yeah. again with the urn. All right, maybe we, Sid, but they don't even fight. They don't do that. Yeah. So can we move Gonzalez Undertaker down? And sure. Put, okay. Now the test is against how Hogan fuck, Warrior. By the way, how did they fuck that up? It's like you got Sid. <laughs> like he can clearly like handle himself against the Undertaker. Yeah. And they knew that they did the match two years later. WrestleMania. Right, but not here. And they had done it in the 92. That could have actually been good. Yes. Could have re- redeemed Sid during all it that. It could have helped a lot. All right. Well, now it comes up against Hogan Warrior 98. What are you thinking? Hmm. Hmm. I actually, like, believe it or not, I hate the, the, the Undertaker versus Corporation yep. more. I'm with you. I like Hogan Warrior is at least interesting. It's, it's not also good. Like, it's also like, I hate to say it, but it's, yes, it's memorable, but it's not 
as it doesn't haunt my dreams as much as the uh the undertaker versus the corporation it was hideous Quinn. like i don't even like remember 50 percent of the shit that happened in the hogan warrior feud because it's yeah. just like weird and dumb well and the other thing is there's they're so bad that it's good uh, yeah. i don't know if hogan warrior is quite on that level it's campy yeah but there's also so bad because it's boring Mm-hmm. And that's what the Undertaker Corporation it's just bore it's horribly boring. Terrible. There's nothing good. I don't know though. Is it worse than Millionaire New Blood? Ugh. It might be. I think it actually could be. I don't think it's worse than Gang Wars. I really don't. I cannot really? stand I cannot worse. fucking stand Gang Wars. Like Gang Wars was like channel changing shit. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like Yeah, I but, know. I like, lived through it too. Yeah, I I I, I I don't know how... how Custom tire motorcycles. It's one of those things that you kind of had to be there to understand how bad Gang Wars was. And it how was just, like, like yeah, to, like tone deaf it was. No one wanted to see that. N- no like, one absolutely. cared about that. It was an actual, like, if anything was a channel changer, that was, like, one of them. That WWF had yeah. a couple things in their arsenal that would force you to change the channel at that period of time, and this was, like, a major one. That, the Sultan, there yeah. were a few, like, in that 97... Like, automatic, tur- like, yep. hit the, like, return button on your remote, not even, like, flip, you know, because <laughs> you were, like, on the last one. Yeah, it, you were on Nitro already. Right, yeah. Yeah, during that period where we were transitioning to the Attitude Era, right. in, like, late 97... The automatic channel changes for me were like get up and do something. Were Gang Wars? Yep. The Sultan. I rather watch a and fucking a few other. Snickers commercial yeah. on on, on the TNT. Yeah, me too. Than have to deal with the Gang Wars. That's great. Who are the chefs? Like yeah. that one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See? Exactly. Yeah. See? Hey, that's great. But who are the chefs? But okay, so let's go to the Millionaires Club thing though. So is is Corporation? Why is it worse than the Millionaires Club versus New Blood? Here's the thing with the Millionaires Club versus New Blood is that at the very beginning of it, there did seem to be like a morsel of a decent idea, right? It was like... Old versus new. Old versus new, and as much as we keep making fun of the fact that it's like breaking the fourth wall It's thing, dumb, yes. At the time, this was like... That's what unch- you did? Yeah, it was like, it wasn't uncharted territory, but it was still fresh. It was, it, was, it was rather new in the whole like McMahon versus Austin thing, and people were like kind of intrigued to see, well, what if WCW does does this their way right, right where they yeah. overtly tell you it's like the owner and the high paid employees Wasn't versus good. yeah I, now that I'm you're just, saying it though it really isn't no good. it isn't good but it, it so let's leave it can we leave it corporation yeah. at least is a regular wrestling storyline now okay i just want to i just want to make one more point about why i think that this is maybe a little bit better go ahead i have to say the first episode of the whole everyone drops the belts thing <sighs> It's Do actually like that. one of the more intriguing pieces of WCW television that I like. It's not just the whole belts thing. It's that the whole night is fucking crazy. Like it, it's insane. Like Hulk Hogan's battling people in the fucking parking lot and shit. I know. It's, like it's something interesting. With a, something with a car. Like it's like it's very crazy. And even for WCW, it's like kind of new ground for them. In, in in at that time, it is. We also got the fuck you new blood version of Hogan out yep. of the whole deal. The Kidman Hogan match wasn't even that bad. Stop. Um, Just saying. It wasn't bad as a match. Yeah. I can do it, and here's why. The Undertaker Corporation feud did nothing good for anyone. There's it, not one good thing no. from it. At least the I, Millionaire's Club New Blood 
gave name recognition to some guys that hadn't had it. Yeah, that that you know they can, maybe they needed it. That's about and it. And it did l- lend some credit to them when they eventually some of these guys jumped to WWE afterwards. Like people like, oh, I kind of remember that guy. Yeah, you know from that thing. I mean, why we wouldn't know like all those guys' names like Jindrak if it wasn't for this? I'm yeah. not kidding. I know, gave them yeah. one modicum it sounds stupid. of... <laughs> sometimes, like, that's the one thing, is sometimes about a really bad feud, if there's people that are highlighted who didn't ever get anything before this, sometimes it's, like, actually a positive thing in a weird way. And in this case, I think it is, so... Yeah. Undertaker versus Million Dollar Corporation moves up to number two, but I'm with you. We talked about Gang Wars already. I can keep Gang Wars at number one if gang, you want gang to. Gang Wars sucks butt. Okay. I don't like it. All right, well, that actually makes it final then for this week. Anyway, we have one more week to go, but obviously, folks, you let us know who you think should be where. You can do that on Twitter, on Facebook, or join the group. But to run them down, number one, the gang wars still. Number two, Undertaker versus the Million Dollar Corporation. Number three, Millionaire's Club versus the New Blood. Four is Hogan Warrior from 1998 WCW. Five is Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Six, LOD versus Demolition. Seven, Undertaker versus Undertaker. And number eight is Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom, folks. That is the Royal Flush for this week. But Quinn, when we come back, we are going beyond retro. We are going vintage. It's the WWWF Heavyweight Wrestling from Washington. And that is coming up right after this. of time, Bundy. Me and my kind were the target of people like you. People who try to destroy us. That urn means nothing to you. And even though you have possession, don't think that I can't draw the power. And with my creatures of the night, Bundy, at WrestleMania, I will make an example of you and you will rest in peace. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then... For a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. 55 and 5 is the only show on YouTube that answers Art Donovan's age-old question, Who is this guy? Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni and ROH Ambassador Carrie Silken collected the entire 1955 Canadian Parkhurst wrestling trading card set. And they look to quiz each other on both the headliners and blank and you'll miss some wrestlers featured in this set. Join them each weekday on 55and5.com at 8pm as Carrie and Ian share stories, get stumped, and provide five-minute wrestling history lessons. That's 55in5.com. 55in5.com. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here for episode number 208. 
Quinn, we mentioned we are going way back beyond retro. Beyond. This is vintage. Retro and beyond. This is almost 56 years ago. Now, is this older than the one we reviewed before of this? So this is technically now the the record holder for oldest thing. Yeah. Well, unless you count that, like, what was that thing with uh, Steve Allen talking over the old wrestling and the the Egyptians and all this? But we also reviewed a stampede from, like, 61. Remember what Gorilla? Oh, that's true. (laughs) But anyway. I forgot about that one. It's okay. Anytime we do 60s black and white old style wrestling, I quite enjoy it. It's not as bad as you would think it would be, right? Well, because the whole presentation, and the fundamental presentation obviously is the same. It's a camera pointed at the wrestling ring, duh. Yeah. But the announcers and the ambiance is just so of its time, and I love it. It's very like, this is just throwaway, like we're just getting this out there on on the fucking... DuPont Network or whatever. Like, du- you know what I mean? DuMont, not DuPont. Du- whatever. DuPont was a thing back it's then, too. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Did the DuPont have a uh, channel? Did DuPont also have a channel? Maybe. It's possible. I they know. were like one of the biggest corporations in America. It's true. Now, we're doing heavyweight wrestling from Washington. I'm going to give you some quick background on that. That was the television show for Capital Wrestling Corporation. Now, Capital Wrestling was Vince Mc- Vincent J. McMahon. Yeah. You know, Vince McMahon Sr., they call him. His promotion that was founded by Jess and Toots and all that yeah, shit. We, the, the other Vince is like in college or something now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, He's what, not, 18? Yeah. Yeah. Or military school or whatever. Oh, yeah. His, the, the, the pants. Pull his that. pants down and put them on the flag. Whatever he did. That's what he's doing right now <laughs> in this canon. It's true. Yeah. And um, Heavyweight Wrestling was a television program that actually started in 1956. Hmm. I'm going to run down a couple of things for you. Man, the show's already been on like 10 years. Just about, yeah. First host was Bill Malone, and then Morris Siegel from 56 until 59. And then in 1959, the guy that we're going to see in a bit, the star of the show, Ray Morgan took over. He's so good. He's so good. Now, you know who succeeded Ray Morgan, right? Vince McMahon Jr. How crazy is that? Pants boy over here. In 1971. Who would have thought? Pants and his uh, military (laughs) brethren or whatever they were doing, the the pranks. And then he goes on to replace Ray Morgan. (laughs) Now, this show also uh, was on until 1970. Wow. And at the time, it was taped in uh, the Capitol Arena, which is no longer there, I don't think, or if it is, as a different name. Uh, in Washington, D.C., because that's why it was called Capital Wrestling Corporation. Get a Capitol building. You say Capital Arena. This doesn't look like an arena to me. It looks like a. Yeah, it wasn't. It looks like an armory. This or isn't. Something. This isn't the Cap Center, yeah. as far as I understand, because that was built in the 70s. This is one of those allegedly an arena places. Right, it's just called that. And uh, they moved the tapings over to a place you might have heard of called Allentown, Pennsylvania, right. in 1970. Where it was probably pretty cheap to make. Yeah, and it became WWF Championship Wrestling. So this is the prequel to WWF yeah. Championship Wrestling. Believe it or not. Same canon. It's all connected. This is the canon. Yeah. So this is 17, 18 years before what we do on our 1983 shows. That's mind-boggling, by the way. Yep. This is like, the shit we're watching on the 83 canon is already old as hell. Yeah. This is... Almost like 20 years. 20 years older, and it's all part of the same lineage and show. Yep. So to give you a little bit of a rundown, I have some facts for you here. Okay. Uh, facts. Little fun facts. For this is May 9th, 65. Okay, May 9th, 1965. The president at the time, Lyndon Johnson. Right. Who's the president of WF at the time? Or the WWW? Uh, Willie Gilsenberg, I um, believe. Great. Uh, what do you think a gallon of gas was? You want a spitball? 20 cents. Close. 30 cents. Okay. Not bad, Quinn. The number one rated television show. Number um 65? Yeah. Green Acres or something? You're on the right like, track. Like, Bonanza. Bonanza. See, not bad. There not you bad. go. 
Uh, number one song, no one would know this. I'll just tell you. Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter by Herman's Hermits. Cool. May of 65. Yeah. And the number one movie at this time. Mm, 65. Tough one. Think Julie Andrews. A Sound of Music? You got it. Okay. <laughs> and my own personal little uh, note. The Beatles' Help hadn't even come out yet. Help. the, the album. Not even Help came out <laughs> no. yet? Good Their Lord. latest album was uh, Beatles for Sale, oh my which was God. 64. Like, isn't that like the second one? Fourth, but still, I think fourth offhand, but that's how old this is, folks. This is a long time ago, and it's fun. And Quinn, I think without any real further talking here, let's just get into it. It is WWF, d- excuse me, WWWF Heavyweight Wrestling, May 9th, 65. Back to the Pete Chanted. Back to the Pete Sanchez sweater cannon, of course. <laughs> yeah, can and we explain that yeah, real quick? Yeah, sure. For people that might not know, on our 82s and 83s, Pete Sanchez is a jobber, late 30s, we think he is, and he's yeah. respected and he's been around. But when we did Heavyweight the last time from 66, he was there. He was like on this show. As a youngster with a white sweater. Only like a year after this. <laughs> exactly. Not even a couple months after this <laughs> one that we're doing now. Exactly. Also, I guess the extra W stands for, <laughs> Remember that from the last? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is from that one, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, we just see a blank screen for like 10 seconds. Yeah, shitty Cryon that says the show name, which is literally, it's not even Cryon. No. It's translucent piece of like paper. Yes. With the title they put on the screen. It's like an overlay. Like, it reminds me of like the high school light projector things. Like it's like that. The transparency that yeah. they put on the projector. Well, yeah, it is. It was basically like PowerPoint before PowerPoint. Exactly. You know? I love it though. I love mm-hmm. this old school just... 60s presentation and then we do cut to the wonderful ray morgan who is proudly reading the program with a cigarette in hand hi there fans ray morgan welcoming you back to your ringside seat here at the capitol arena in the nation's capital washington dc the wrestling capital of the world all hunched over looking like he has some like breaking news <laughs> yes. like this fucking wrestling it looks so urgent like we always say cronkite C- cigarette <laughs> like hunched I'm, I'm really hunched papers spread out in front papers, of him he's fucking reading off a ton of matches it's like they're gonna fucking fight <laughs> like it's like as he's pointing his cigarette at the camera like it's the amazing smoke billowing yeah. it's real I love him uh, so Mr. Morgan runs down tonight's card we won't spoil it for you but Quinn he does very clearly make it known that every match tonight is one fall one fall these are all one fall matches he was very stern about these are one fall <laughs> matches they are there's none of that two fall shit like <laughs> i love fall, it none of that two out of three crap it's like no fucking around here even yeah. back then they're like no we got a show to get through it's the second hour yeah, damn it he mentions that so i guess they did two in a shot or something like that it's amazing that they like what's crazy to me about that joe yeah that they keep saying this is multiple they times they say it's times. the second hour right the fact that they probably didn't, they aired weeks apart. Right. And that they like, they tell you that it was one taping. Just so you know. Then. Just so it's like, this was pre-recorded. Yeah. It's like, just so you know. This is the second hour. Right. So we got a break and we come back where <laughs> Cowboy Bill Watts is walking into the ring getting booed. Jeez, Bill Watts, how old is he? He's like Strickland from Back <laughs> to the Future. Like, it's ridiculous. He already looks middle-aged here. Yeah, I'm he not does. kidding. He looks 40. He's probably literally like what? Maybe like 28? 31, yeah. I don't know, I'm guessing, but... I, uh, it's so weird. Good lord, does he already look old and fat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got hair, though. Anyway, the ring announcer is smiling, Sam Mason, and he welcomes us to promoter Vince McMahon's outstanding wrestling show, The Spring Season. Spring Season. It's so friendly around here. <laughs> I love here. it. <laughs> the Spring Season. <laughs> so like, it's like a fashion show or something. Ladies and gentlemen, here's promoter Vince McMahon's outstanding wrestling show of The Spring Season. 
Anyway, at the Coliseum this Monday, we're going to have Bob Boyer versus Frank Martinez, Miguel Perez versus Tony Newberry, mm-hmm. Don McClarity versus the magnificent Maurice. Yeah, I was not, hoping- not that one. <laughs> the Golden Terror. Haven't we seen him in yes. the 70s? I think we saw the same in the early one. 80s, too. Not but the it same might, one, it might not be the same one, Joe. Be. It might be because it's just a guy, a guy in a gold mask. Because that's Duke Doherty in the 80s. The Unless golden. he was that old. It's possible. It is possible. Anyway. Uh, he, he is old as shit he is in old. the 80s. Anyone want to tell us? Yeah. Uh, but he'll be teaming up with Dr. Jerry Graham mm-hmm. to take on Haystacks, Calhoun, and Bruno. That's actually like a big name team. That's for true. For 65. Seriously. Big fat guy with a not big fat guy. <laughs> yep. And uh, Smasher Sloan and Waldo Von Eric mm-hmm. with Red Berry. Uh, wild Red Berry. Wild, <laughs> wild Red Berry, <laughs> Gorilla. Versus Wahoo McDaniel and Chief White Owl, who will be accompanied by Chief Big Heart. That's a lot of Chief. A lot of Chief. Yeah. But in the main event of this big show coming up, it'll be Cowboy Bill Watts taking on the WWF US heavyweight champion, Bobo Brazil. Wait, the US title? What? It's in WWF? Bobo Brazil. Yes, Quinn. The uh, US title mm-hmm. was an actual championship from 1963 until 1976. So they, does this have any link no. at all to the, the US title that WWF like bought from WCW? No, 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 no. It's their own thing right. that they had. But you want to know something funny about it? So this reign that Bobo Brazil is on, right? He won Please it in, don't tell me it's like 20 years long or something. He won it in October of 63, so we're about a year and a half in. Okay. He holds it until June of 67, so Ugh. two more years. But you know who he loses it to in 67? You're going to love this. Who? Ray Stevens. Yes. Good. <laughs> Man, Ray Stevens was yes! in WWF? Yes! I thought that was like in 83. Three, it was like his one time there. I guess he was there. And also, for the record, Pedro Morales held it at one point. Who cares? Anyway, I love all of this here. Oh, also, two-ton Tony Galento is going to be refereeing a match. I don't know who that is. I, I guarantee you he's not two tons. I, just, just, just a guess, but like... He was a... Okay, I just looked him up here. He was a, uh, a boxer mm-hmm. who had been born in 1910, so he's already 55 here. 1910? Yeah, so he's some old-ass boxer. I don't know anything about him. He wrestled an octopus and boxed a kangaroo? Well, you know what's crazy to think about that? What am I looking at? (laughs) It means he's only like 50-something. Yeah! And he's born in 1910. That shows you how old this is. I know. He was born before the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, But Quinn, that's still not all. Because of what happened earlier in this taping that they alluded to, there's going to be an extra special attraction. Wild Red Berry is right. going to be wrestling, and he's going to take on Arnold Skolin, Whoa. which gets a big pop. And listen to this, because Wild Red Berry will put on his tights and wrestle the golden boy, Arnold Skolin. That gets a big pop, and what I find so ironic I, about this whole thing is they're making a big deal that Wild Red Berry is <laughs> is putting the tights on, not Arnie. Yeah, because he's like, still young enough to be a regular right, wrestler. They're like, I can't believe Wild Red Berry's going <laughs> to wrestle, and yeah. like, well, why are we not asking that question about Arnold Skolin? Right, because normally that's what it would be, right? Yeah. <laughs> what so, how old he was, Wild Red Berry at the time. Good lord. He was born in 1906, so he's climbing to- he's, he's in his late 50s, too. He's almost too. 60. Holy that's shit. Great. Anyway, now we introduce to the ring from Puerto Rico at 231 pounds, Tomas Marin. Very and Thomas. A lot of Thomas, and his opponent is Cowboy Bill Watts. Like we said, he looks like a douche. Yep. Uh, the Nobody audience. has any patience for this guy. <laughs> no, he uh, he just looks like an idiot. This looks like a kinescope anyway, so who the hell knows what's going on with the quality? The audio is yeah. all weird. Uh, but Ray Morgan, by the way, I just need to say this. He sounds like he's had a few drinks here, like in a happy way, not a yeah. bad way. 
Man, isn't that something? I wouldn't miss that for anything. You know, you see that kinescope thing, right? Yeah, some of it is. How in the hell was this even recorded? Because there's no VCRs. How was this obtained? You know what I mean? If you think about it. Oh, I don't know. Someone, if it was kinescope, that means videotape, right? So then it probably got transferred at some point to something, right? That someone got a hold of. Yeah, that's a, that's another whole aspect to this, which I find very interesting. Just watching this, Richard. Let us know what you know about these recordings that survived. Because like, there's only yeah, a handful. How was the how was it actually obtained? Yeah. it might be more interesting than the whole show itself. Yeah, how they even got it? True, because I don't know where yeah. this is from. I mean, I don't know how this yeah. exists. You're right. There's only a handful, but uh, anyway, it's quite possible, Quinn. I don't know if you call this. This ref really might be Dick Worley. They don't say his name, but it looks like a young Dick he Worley. Really, yeah, you know, I actually thought about this. I didn't write it in the notes, but it was something that I questioned. It that looks it was, like, like Dick Worley. Dick Worley. Seriously. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, Cowboy attacks start here, tosses Marin around, punches him out of the ring. And this ref, whether it's Worley or not, he counts underhand, by the way, like he's bowling. <laughs> it's really weird. I've never seen that. Well, Dick Worley wears a bowling outfit. It's him, isn't it? Oh my god. He's just used to bowling, that's all. Marin backs up with the, backs up onto the apron here, but a big slam in by Watts. Knee drop here. Watts it looks like such an asshole, which kind of makes sense because he is an asshole because right. he's Bill Watts. And uh, Ray Morgan tells us that Bill Watts was a face until like a year ago. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> well, like, it's weird that he has like a backstory in the <laughs> 60s. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> how old is he? What was he wrestling in, like, the 40s? I don't know. I think he's, like, 30 or so. I really yeah. don't know how old he is. I forget when he was born, mm-hmm. but he's not old yet. Right. Uh, Watts tosses Marin back out again, jumps down to brawl on the outside as some random cops wander by. Back inside, big elbow by Watts. Crowd doesn't care at all, by Silence, the way. Silence, mumbling. You can tell this is the second hour. Back Good then, there, there wasn't three-hour shows. For yeah. K- see, people are like, two hours? What the Shoot, fuck? Get like, home. Yeah. Anyway, Ray Morgan runs down an upcoming Madison Square Garden card, Quinn, that yep. we can now see in air-conditioned comfort on May 17th. <laughs> air conditioning. It's real. <laughs> that, that's the big selling point. I'm not kidding. Not only will you see the wrestling, but you can enjoy the air conditioning <laughs> because that's new. It is, like, though. To, to have air conditioning back then, like those units were freaking expensive to get in your house. I know, and this one had just opened, you know, yeah. in, in October, I a think, whole or something arena like that. that's air-conditioned? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's like, great. Yeah. Spring season. Yep. Getting warm. Here's a super wrestling show for you Madison Square Garden fans that you can see in air-conditioned comfort Monday night, May 17th. Anyway, we're going to have Cowboy Watts versus Bruno, which Ray says is going to be a Lulu. <laughs> yes, that's said. <laughs> this should be a Lulu. Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> will be taking on Wahoo. That's a weird match. <laughs> it's weird that Wahoo was in WWF. Yeah, it in is, general. isn't it? Yeah. Gorilla, ah, oh, you get out of here! Yeah. And Gorilla, you know, since like the shining picture, he's yeah. always here. No, he's a heel by 65, right? Mm-hmm. So he's probably really good. And Ray, again, <laughs> don't forget the air conditioning! <laughs> yeah. Like, love it. I love, love it, it. Too. So good. Watts continues to fuck around here and waste everyone's time. They hate him. It's so The crowd bad. hates him so much. <sighs> Watts tosses Martin at Marin out for the third time. We get a shot of the plywood floor. Back in, right hands, one foot a drop kick by Marin, but he misses a second one. Nice knee drop by Watts, some stomping. End this, please. <laughs> Please, I have enough Bill Watts for one show now. Fair enough. Corner whip, kick by Watts, and then a bulldog, which is called a bulldozer by Morgan. It's fine with me. It's all real. (laughs) It is. I'm making it up. Sets him up for a bulldozer, and there he goes. Uh, Watts gets two because he picks up Martin, or Marin. Doesn't matter what the guy's name is. Bionic elbow is called a thunderbolt because, Ray Morgan says, 50,000 Watts come crashing in. Now, that's a good call. I I, I was... 
I was like stunned. I'd never heard that said. Like, it was because good. That's so awesome. Fifty thousand watts crashing in. Thank goodness for Ray Morgan. He's Holy great. shit! You he, know he just made that up too. I think so. Yeah. A thunderbolt as fifty thousand watts come crashing in. He's so good. Ray Morgan's good. Way better than Vince ever was. I don't know. Ray Morgan's really fucking good. This is like having an actual professional announcer <laughs> because wrestling, like, it's still not too far away from its heyday yet. So True. it's still got, like, real people I like, like on that. commentary. I love that aspect yeah. of it. I really do. That's his Seriously. one saving grace is, like, a guy like Ray Morgan who you can tell is, like, a television announcer. Yeah, of some ilk. I don't know his yeah. whole backstory, but yeah. Like, definitely. he's actually, like, knows what he's saying. He's a pro. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, another bulldozer by Watts gets the win. Ray hates him, too, by the way. He hates Bill Watts. <laughs> he hates his arrogance and his smugness. Yeah. Fuck him. I hate him. Yeah. I hate him. Fucking hate him. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, that was very much what we would call like a 1983-style squash, but it was like three minutes longer than right, one. Right, because, see, here's the one problem that we have to remember during all of this, Joe, is that we're still keeping up the illusion that people think this is real. Oh, it yeah. It has to look like a fight. A lot more like, It has to look like a legitimate fight, so a lot of these matches are... Like, like you said, three to four minutes longer than they should be. Yeah, that's just what it is, Yep, unfortunately. But anyway, Watts gets the hell out of there. We go to break and we come back where Sam Mason introduces, from Toronto, Tony Newberry. It looks like Tony Russo. <laughs> I thought the guy. same thing, yeah. yeah. Um, his opponent from Pawhuska, and I'm getting ready for fucking Chief J. Strongbow yeah. at this point. This but whole, I'm very confused. <laughs> it's Chief Big Heart, who is, is that like Strongbow's great uncle? Was he born in the 1800s? This guy, like, I Inc swear, maybe 1899 is possible. It is because apparently, also, <laughs> he's coming. They, yeah, they say they say he's like returning or something for the first time since 1960. Five years, five years, five years, five years. I swear, he looks like Mole from 1982. Also, I, I thought the same thing. He <sighs> looks like Mole. It's not Mole. There is so much wrong with this big heart situation. <laughs> he's terrible, like too. He's, it's entirely possible he was born in like 1898 or 1899. <laughs> it's it very, very possible. Anyway, Harry Smythe is the referee, and he's also back in action, according to Ray Morgan. Ray's all happy about it, too, like complimenting the ref for coming back after illness. Ray's good! <laughs> he's great! <laughs> I know, he is. No credit's ever given to Ray Morgan. He's this amazing. so long ago, but yeah, he is good. He's yeah. pleasant. Harry Smythe, the referee... Nice to see Harry back in action as he uh, has been ill for some time. Anyway, we're still farting around here as Newberry attacks Chief from behind. Chief swings away, and now the bell finally rings to start. He pulls up Newberry's shirt, which is called a jacket by Ray Morgan, <laughs> and chops away. I feel bad for the heel here. Like, what the hell yeah, is this? Like, pulling a shirt over his he, head? He's, like, cheating immediately. <laughs> no wonder he's been gone for five years. Maybe he got, like, banned for cheating or, or something. Cheat, big heart. Yeah. Thank you. Newberry tumbles to the outside floor to recover as people happily smoke their cigarettes. Mm -hmm. uh, Ray Morgan says Newberry's breast hurts. Well, I love you know, it. Again, that didn't mean I what know. it meant back now. I just yeah. love the terminology. I love all of it. Uh, Newberry goes over to Chief's corner, and the ref won't let him in because he's, like, coming in on the wrong side of the ring. So, hey, hey, stay in your corner. Stay it's in real. your corner. So he the goes, rules matter here. They do. So he goes back over to his own side, but he just makes a fuss on the outside. Right. This is, like, modern heel shit. Yep, it's good. Uh, back in now, Newberry tries to take his shirt off, but Chief attacks him this time. Dude, what the hell? It's not nice. Leave him alone. Chief No Heart. Yep. Nick No Heart. Anyway, a big chop sends Newberry into the ropes, Andre style. Ah! And Ray, meanwhile, says New <laughs> Newberry's Adam's apple is bouncing like a yo-yo. Incredible. 
That was an incredible call. I love it's like Not, Vince Scully or something yeah, over he's here. He's great. He's absolutely awesome. <laughs> Finally, the ref pulls Newberry's shirt off as he frees from the ropes. Ray Morgan again calls a shirt a jacket. Well, it doesn't matter. It's it, fine. It really doesn't. The fans do their chant and they want the dance, Ray says. And wait a sec. Did Chief steal it from him? Our Chief? Yeah. Strongbow? I'm pretty sure nothing about Jay Strongbow is authentic, including his Native American heritage. What do you mean? Huh? He's he's from Pahuska or Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely. Yep. No, you're right. Yep. You're, you're definitely right. Uh, Newberry, who is bailed to the outside, reaches under the ring for something as he tries to get back in. By the way, I want to make a point here, just on the side about Chief. When I was watching this, I actually looked up because I was very curious if maybe possibly he was like a young Chief or something because Chief is old as he is. He's not, though. Um, you know Chief was wrestling already and he had been wrestling since 1947 at this point in time. In NWA, 1947. Good lord, man. Yes, the R-Chief is already a veteran by this point. During the fucking Truman administration, you know? That's insane. Before TV was common. He he was in NWA from 47 to 70. And then he came to the WWF, right? Yeah. And then he was there for... Forever. uh, Yeah. Until the 80s. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Crazy. Uh, finally, Newberry attacks with whatever the hell he found under the ring. Ray Morgan has nothing to say about it. He just falls silent. It's like a fucking shiv. I think like it, it is, It's yeah. like actually, like, sharp. Yes. And the ref doesn't even DQ it. He just lets the shit happen. Because fuck it, it's the 60s. We don't, <laughs> who cares? He's like, hardcore. It's a fight. It's a real fight, folks. <laughs> and by the way, Ray is now back from the urinal and says it was, I don't know, a piece of wood or something he found under there. Mm-hmm. Why am I talking like Lance Russell? Anyway, the chief fires back, takes the offensive again. As fans do the Indian mouth noises. Like you, you said, you know, that, 60s. Yep. <laughs> it's not like considered offensive yet or something. In the 60s, I don't yeah. think it was. Hey, Jerry, look what I got. <laughs> A uh, single leg by Newberry into a toehold, and we stay in the toehold for a while because, again, it's the 60s after all. Ray Morgan takes this time to answer a fan question from Mrs. Taylor. She wants to know where Bobby Davis is. Ray will happily. He's in Columbus, Ohio. Thank like, you. Just, thank, thanks, whatever your name <laughs> Mrs. is. Taylor. Mrs. Taylor. By the way, uh, Bobby Davis recently passed away a couple of weeks ago. Bobby and Davis. Bobby Davis. How old was he? 83. He was... Mm. um. He was a young manager. I think he he was a wrestler at the time in the 60s, right around this time, and he had um had to retire due to a uh, an injury, I believe. Oh. So he became a manager. He managed Gorilla Monsoon for a while. Whoa. And did you know that Raymond Heenan took his uh first name Bobby from Bobby Davis? Ah, so there it's all know. connected. Yep. Everything's connected. He also managed um Buddy Rogers. Bobby Davis. Davis champion. Yeah, in the well, uh, after in oh, the 60s, I see. yeah. I see. So anyway, shout out to um the recently departed Bobby Davis. The original Bobby Heenan, I guess. Yeah, and I guess in a yeah. way, right? We're finally back up and out of this toehold here where Newberry continues to make a big fuss, gets an eye rake on the Chief. Big Heart fires back. Big chop. Another. Newberry's down. Side headlocked by Newberry. Another eye gouge. As Ray makes a scalp joke, he just won't stop with like the puns. He the loves whole, it. Did you notice that the oh, whole yeah. fucking match, it was like making Indian puns the yeah, whole oh, way the through. the whole time. Yep. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Big Heart with some punches now and a huge chop. We're on the mat now, and we get a half Nelson by Big Heart. Newberry's back up with some judo chops, according to Ray, but Big Heart with his own chops, and it is the dance time! And the crowd, like, flips the fuck out. Like, they were half asleep. There's, like, there's a lot of people missing, but they're very excited about they this dance. They love the you dance. You that the whole second hour that this was on, that there was, like, empty chairs, like, all over the place? People leaving, man. They yeah. don't want to be here for this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this dance sucks. He looks like he has a crap in his pants. It's bad. And then we get an unbelievably hideous backdrop by the Chief. <laughs> I can't even believe that. He's rusty. Five it's years. Very rusty. <laughs> five years. 
corroded. Yeah. Uh, off the ropes, crappy chop by the Chief. Bow and arrow gets the win for the Chief. It's all over. This was very tedious, but, 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 I like Newberry's heel work. The making a fuss, the going, mm-hmm. getting shit from yeah. under the ring. That's cool. I think it's more amazing that there's a guy that in, that wrestled that kind of remembers the gay 90s. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's like... It's a That's bit. an amazing reference. Yeah. Um, by the way, Tony Newberry, you know who they would repackage him soon as? Oh. Ever hear of the Mongols? Gito Mongol. Gito. You know who we teamed up with? Nikolai Volkov as Beppo or Beepo Mongol or whatever it is. Very Beepo. A lot of Beepo. Yeah. Anyway, we get another look at Ray Morgan who reiterates that Big Heart won. I love that they go back to him and like, the winner of this match, like even though it was... This, okay, this they, is something they do after every single yes. match is that after Smiley or whatever yeah, says Smiley. it, then Ray's like, and by the way, just uh, to note that uh, he won, but he just said he... What? Doesn't what? matter. He it's, has to say it. He's every match. <laughs> every match. Even when the show's over, the last match, like they still decide that they need to go to Ray to explain to us who won, even though, what? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It was amazing. The winner of this match between Chief Big Heart and Tony Newberry is Chief Big Heart. Anyway, back to ringside where Sam Mason introduces in the ring from Charlotte, North Carolina, Bob Boyer, who looks like a Milton Berle mask. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his opponent is the whirlwind of the Pampas. What does that even mean? This Pampas. They, they keep saying, talking about this Pampas the whole time. Not a Pampas. Uh, Argentina Apollo, not Argentina Rocco. Right, the Antonio. Argentina. The imitation Argentina Rocco. It's real. But uh, yep. anyway, we get a handshake to start. Okay. Circle lockup clean break, which draws claps from the crowd there. What is this? ROH 2003. Yep. Uh, arm drag takedown by Apollo. Head scissor counter by Boyer, and Apollo flips out to his feet all fancy. Because Argentina, of good, course. Good point. Uh, standoff, circle, lockup, overhead takedown into an armbar by Apollo. Head scissors again, but Boyer, by Boyer, but Apollo hands it, flips out again into a tombstone position, but he just gently sends Boyer on the ring apron to the outside. Boyer climbs back in, we get a circle, go behind by Apollo into an O'Connor roll, but Boyer flips out, grabs a single leg into a toehold. As the crowd turns into the Mario All-Stars opening stream, because, okay, you're <laughs> saying <laughs> you're saying all these moves, Joe. Yeah, because we have a show to do, so I have to keep it sounding right. interesting. What Joe's saying cannot describe how fucking boring it's this tedious. match is. It's tedious. Like, it's insane. That's all. It gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> it starts okay. It's very <laughs> long. I can tell you, before we even get too deep into it, this is one of the only times... Where holds on the ground went on for so long that I literally put my iPad down because there was just nothing to write. It's like, like a four-minute hold. At I was one able point. to like check my phone for yeah. other things. No, it's real you know, though. Like, because Ray saying nothing interesting at certain points. Yeah, it is. This is one of the most boring things. Yeah. I've ever watched. No, it does have a stretch. Yeah, about seven or eight minutes of this match, which is yeah. like I think a fifteen-minute match. They Holy say. Holy shit. Shit. So we'll just get through it as quick as we can. So Apollo rolls over to reverse that. Boyer looks uh, for a way out, but no dice. Apollo grabs a leg. Boyer to his other foot standing, and he leans down on Apollo's neck. They fall onto the ropes. Clean break. Applause. Lock up overhead. Wrist luck by Apollo into a leg trip. Great. <laughs> this is funny. Great find on the mat. <laughs> as Ray Morgan is just making up names and moves, he's like, almost a leg Nelson there. Is that even a thing? I don't think so. It better be, but... <laughs> leg Nelson. Leg Nelson. Do you have to get the toes instead of the fingers on that? <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Clean break on the ropes. Both men back up. Lock up again. Shoulder block off the ropes by Boyer. Headlock takeover on his side. Headlock on the mat. Morgan now decides to hype up a big New Jersey show on the o- at the Ocean Ice Palace in Bricktown. Ocean Ice Palace sounds like it contradicts itself in its name. Ocean Ice Palace in Brick. Was the ocean frozen? So what? 
Bricktown, by the way. Now, I've never called it in my entire life Bricktown. It's just called Brick Township. Oh, is that what he's calling? Yeah, oh, it's I didn't brick. even I didn't even put the two two and two together. I thought maybe oh maybe there's a brick town also in New Jersey. No, but apparently Quinn, the Ocean Ice Palace is still open. Oh, God. It opened in 1962, so it was really new. To be fair, are they doing things there now? It's You're... a hockey and a skating rink I type see. of thing. So yeah. it was a skating rink show. But anyway, you know who's going to be there? Bill Watts. Okay, great. Walda von Eric. Right. Smasher Sloan. Mm-hmm. Bruno's Yard. Mm-hmm. And then there's also going to be a show at Moose Hall in Trenton. What, what is Where that? Where is that? <laughs> and... It's probably like the Lions Club now. <laughs> Look it up, folks. Yeah. And Convention Hall in Asbury Park. Because, of course, even back then. I mean, we know for a fact that place is like known as oh, old. God. It's old here. You know how old that is? That is Late before. Late 1800s. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's old. This is before this 1965 show, before Asbury got shitty and then good again. Oh, That's it's how like old it is. Still good. Asbury didn't get shitty until like the late sixties, early seventies. So this is still like a beach paradise yes. town, right? And then it got really bad until like fifteen years ago. Yeah, it and was. Then they started. They're now like, it's good. It was like literally the, the weird thing about Asbury Park now is like it's like one day they just woke up and they're like, wait, why is this shitty? Yeah, like, and they just like decided it's like. Why don't we like ask restaurant people and stuff to like open things here and make it decent? And they, they did. did, and they like decided to actually like sweep up the boardwalk around it. Yeah. Like it didn't take much effort to make Asbury no. Park okay again. Yeah, like, we went down there for um for NXT yeah. and it was good. It was Every nice time to be I've down been, there. I've been down there a couple times yeah. since they've remade it good, and it's actually like very nice. So yeah. if you're, you're from Jersey, uh. It's a nice little evening to go to Asbury Park now. Right. And I was down there in the early 2000s um, when I used to go to shows and stuff and um, like skate and surf and all those things. And it was horrible. The crazy part about Asbury Park to me now, Joe, is that it's pretty good and the parking's not even bad. <laughs> you with the park. It's always a contributing factor to making a place good is good. that you can find a damn parking spot. Call John Arezzi and tell him about it. Yeah. <laughs> a parking. <laughs> anyway, standing armbar by Apollo cartwheel, cartwheel into a hammerlock, clean break. Circle, lock up. Crowd is dead. I don't blame dead. them. This is tedious. Yep. It is. It's. is. I'm trying to make it sound good, but it really is boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the ropes, Apollo backdrop by Boyer, but he misses a lateral press. Yes, he misses a lateral press. He tries to like, fall How on him, but he, miss he, that? he moves. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Apollo tries a surfboard. Surfboard. Uh, but Boyer with the block here. Ray Morgan now does a live read for physical education. I mean, why not? The, the president's... <laughs> Physical Education yep. Council or some shit. Right to the President's Council on Physical Fitness for information as we lay in a doofus toehold for a while. This is a hold that's like a really long time. This has gone on far too long. <laughs> far too long. This hold is like four minutes. I'm not this kidding. Is the, this is what I was saying. Yeah. Where I, I was like, wow. Wow. This is the problem with it. It's like there's wrestling moves, but it's it's long. It's just too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Apollo gets up, hops around happily as we get another lockup here. Greco-Roma, which Apollo turns into some weirdo stretch hold, rolls over again. We get another clean break from the ropes. This place sounds empty. Like that. That's something yeah, I don't. I, I can say very often. Like it actually sounds empty. I shit you not. No, that's it sounds like real. Bad. Back up cartwheel by Apollo, kickoff by Boyer, another one, kickoff again by Boyer, third one on the toehold on the map by Apollo into a single crab. Boyer, this is a good bit, uses the old pretend you're the referee trick, and he taps on Apollo's back. Yeah, and it works. And it works! Yeah. And, 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 like, even Apollo gives Boyer credit. He's like, good job. You know, mm-hmm. that whole thing was fun. That was a nice spot, but again, this it's slow. Slow. 
Boyer now starts clubbing away to booze. He just says, fuck it with the scientific shit. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to punch. Crab finally, like, sort of wakes up. They're yeah. like, oh, wait, there's wrestling. This part's okay. Yeah. Knee drop and a big knee lift by Boyer. Snap air by Boyer gets two. More forearms, more punches. Side headlock, shove up by Apollo. Drop down, crossbody. And Apollo gets the win. The old crossbody. They duke it out after the bell, which is kind of awesome. The ref barely cares because he's 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is long. Not hard, but here's the problem, right? It started good. It ended good. That middle part was like seven minutes too long. Yeah, it had bright spots, but there's just too much sitting around. <laughs> right? The ma- the vast majority. Yeah. Not even the majority, the vast majority. Yeah, literally. That was the main problem with it. But we mm-hmm. go back to Ray Morgan, who confirms that Apollo won. Yeah, we know. I love it. <laughs> we And to break, we go. And we come back where Sam announces this is one fall to curfew. First, from Chicago, it's Steve, Mr. America Stanley. Looking like bootleg Buddy Rogers Good over here. Lord. Like, yeah, very bootleg. Seriously. His opponent, Quinn, Chief White Owl, another right. chief. More chief. Two chiefs in one show. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Ray Morgan is very happy that Wild Red Berry is going to be taking on Arnold Skoland, which is funny. Yep. And then we spend like a minute or two, literally, getting situated with the ref, standing around. Guys, we have a curfew here. Can we move it along? What are they doing? Like six minutes left in the show, and they're like, hey, hey ref, ho, yeah, 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 how yeah, you it's doing? It's like, what do you, they waste like a minute on this. It's like Danny Davis's dad is in yeah. there refing. Uh, Stanley immediately kicks ass to start with punches and kicks, or as Ray says, a foot and a fist. Immediately, the chief with a dance to retaliate. He knew about the curfew. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent Stanley out of the ring with a dance. I love how they like they know about the dance too in this canon. Like in everyone's si- like, no, no dance, get away, get away. Sixties canon is yeah. amazing. Stanley's back in. Ray Morgan hypes up that MSG show in the air conditioning. Don't forget the fucking air conditioning. It's important. It'll be cold in there. It'll yeah. be nice. This is literally, by the way, where the Fink would be butting in in voiceover. So at least they were consistent. You yeah, know what I mean? That never changed. <laughs> it, didn't. it was live and then pre-taped. Like yep. they just—that's the only aspect that's they changed. The, that's all it is. Stanley in his underpants now with some rope choking. Chief's hair now looks really, really stupid. We get a clean break on the ropes, but Stanley with a kick below the border. Big punch by Chief to Stanley's stupid gut, and then a front face lock. Chief locks Stanley in the ropes now, and the ref is just fine with this, of course. Ray, he's hanging him up the wash. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I know. This is the exact same ref, by the way, for the last three matches. Only Whirly was in the first one, and now it's been the same guy. Yep. Uh, Stanley's out. He lands some punches and really, really bad kicks in the corner. Shitty kicks. Like, this offense is so crummy. It's And it's all that's all we get now. Like, it's like the kicks in, like, Royal Rumble video game that look awkward. Ooh. Yeah, like where they like lift their leg up while they're like standing. Yeah, I don't know how else to. You know, no, that's it fair. Just, like look weird. That's a fair descriptor, Quinn. Yeah. Like seriously, this match is now just a lot of flabby brawling in the corner. It's like mm-hmm. a couple of old fellas there in Cababasso, if you know what I'm saying up there, huh? Uh, anyway, Chief with a snap, <laughs> Stanley with some more punching, and in all of this excitement, the bell sounds for curfew. A lot of people can literally immediately be seen getting up and they leaving. They get the fuck out. Like that <laughs> bell rings, and you see people racing for the door. <laughs> it's re- I'm not yeah. making that up. And the hideous ref does nothing to stop all the brawling going on after the Guys, match. Guys, calm. It's over. <laughs> it's like nobody's even watching it. Literally nobody's watching it anymore. Sam Mason climbs in while they're still brawling yep. to give the official announcement that the shit is over. It's not a draw. Chief Whiteout won? Wait, what? <laughs> he was losing like the whole time. What a BS ending. But isn't a curfew mean draw? What do you mean you win? Well, I assume they're saying decision. But That's here's not the what thing. they said. One fall to curfew. True. Here's the thing is if it's decision, the other problem with this is that shit kick guy was doing more. Yeah, like, shitty kicks, but he was still doing more. Exactly. There in no way at all did Chief White out like 
there's no way he could have won the decision. No. It's impossible. Barely did anything. Yeah. Anyway, we fade to black, but the audio is still on. And then we come back where the ring is, everything is cleared out. Oh, every, there's not even a person left. Quinn, it's literally a view of the empty seats, right? Yeah. It's amazing. With like Ray. With Ray. And then he's with, <laughs> what is this? He's know. with a very ancient man named James Lake. And he's now, like, if we thought the other guy was born in the 1800s, this guy actually... This guy not was even, born during the Grant administration. <laughs> not even like like faintly remembered the gay nineties, lived the gay nineties. <laughs> yeah. Like that this guy. He was a teenager during yeah. them. Like yeah. I'm serious, he yeah. was. And he's like, I was a very good show tonight. <laughs> yeah. This was very pleasant <laughs> though. And it was, oh, that's good, Jimmy. We're so happy. Yeah. And then Ray signs off with good sports and good night. <laughs> good Love night. it. That's anyway, <laughs> this was Quinn in a good way and a and just this is exactly what I expected and what I needed. It was a good first half, but the, not so much in the second. Yep. The, the Apollo match like killed the momentum like oh, of yeah. this show completely. Yep, absolutely killed it. Ray Morgan, though, I love him. Yeah, he is. He is a newfound favorite of mine. He's fantastic. He really is, uh, folks. We hope you like this romp through the vintage wrestling this <laughs> this time around here. Thank you so much for being with us for episode 208. Obviously, next week, 209, it'll be the finale of the Royal Rankings, and we will be reviewing something. Obviously, be sure to follow us on Twitter if you don't, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, ovppodcast at gmail.com. A couple other things. Join the group if you want to talk about retro wrestling. If you want extra stuff, patreon.com slash Podcast. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Good sports. Good night. See ya. Well, we certainly hope you enjoyed tonight's series of matches, and uh, I know one fellow will enjoy them, and I'm glad to see him with us. How do you feel, James Lake? I feel terrific. Good. I Jimmy? saw a good show. That's for sure. Yes, sir. That Very always happens, and I hope we'll see you Monday night at the Coliseum. Well, That I'm, should be a tremendous that I, one. That I would never miss. Well, I'm sure of that. Jimmy, it's nice to have you with us, and we'll Thank see you. you next week. And right? Now. We hope we see you, too. Until next week from the Capitol Arena, Ray Morgan saying to you, good sports, good night. This should this be a Lulu. Should be a Lulu.